You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. I'm Leo. That's that's my, that's Mario. <laughs> what the hell was that, Leo? I am the heel, the seal, the deal, the villain, the saint, the anti-hero, the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R, and our third man on the broadcast team. He's the analysis of the L-O-C. He is a straight shooter on Twitter. When it comes to wrestling, he has a radar or FOMO from the mean streets of L.I. Or FOMO. Oh, I love it. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? It's a little bit. It's a little bit different. We're back to the Zoom gimmick. Like we're still like in quarantine because um, Leo's doing Leo things, I guess. Hey, kid, kid things, bro. They're all here, <laughs> so I don't trust them. <laughs> yeah, Leo's being a dad. Leo don't is being a right? <laughs> but we're here. Wait, wait. There we go. There you go. We're there here. Go. We're here. We're here. Episode, what was it, 196 you said? I forgot to change it. Yeah, 196. You know, it's crazy because yesterday I was having a, I went to a, a family thing yesterday and, and they were asking about the podcast and stuff because I was wearing my Los Radio snapback. Nice. And um, they had asked like, how many episodes do you have already that's in the in the canon on the podcast? So I was like, actual episodes of the show is 196 episodes. And they were like in shock. They were like, really? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but. Then you have like the specials we've done and like mini sods, so it's easily over two hundred episodes that we've yeah. done been doing of this of this you know of this podcast of this show of this journey of the Lucha Outsider show and a whole bunch of content that people haven't even heard of. So <laughs> that is true, very true, very so, true. Like but, how last week's episode we have like forty five minutes recorded of a story that we cannot share on this show, yeah, but no. it's in the can. <laughs> no, no. T- t- today's uh, pre show only lasted about ten minutes. Uh, that's because my son forgot to admit <laughs> you guys into the Zoom call, but it's okay, Dante. But anyway, we're here wrestling. What's going on? Ryan, how are you, bud? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, no complaints on my end. How about you? Hanging in there, man. Uh, it's been a you know non wrestling related, but just a busy week as usual. You know, with work yeah, and what, what else is new? Stuff. You know, what else is new exactly? Leo, how are you, bro? Good, bro. Good. Busy preparing some stuff. Uh, by the way, we got to talk after the show. I just remember now. But uh, what up okay. to our boy uh, Dream Match, who's uh, tuning in all the way from Florida? What's up, brother? How's it going, man? Dale. All right. So before we get started, give me a minute. Just because we're Zoom doesn't mean I'm going to not do my gimmick. Right? So give me gimmick. a second. It's hashtag Rebel Time. Oh, my God. That tastes so good. All right. So let's get into it. So just based on this week, right, before we talk about this topic, all right, I'm sure people are going to expect like, oh, we're going to talk about Seth Rollins winning this ladder match, you know, getting his shot. For the World Heavyweight Championship against Big E. 
which I fully support. I think Seth Rollins deserves it, especially just with the performances he's been giving us, right? Or we're going to talk about Dynamite, how Mm -hmm. Dynamite is always great. The leak came out as the Ghostbusters. Originally, they were going to do something else, and then Warner put the axe on that. Are we going to talk about that? Are we going to talk about how everyone's raving and talking about Moose's promo on Impact, where he calls out Roman Reigns, yeah. Sasha ba- Banks, and Becky Lynch, and all this good stuff? Don't get me wrong. Moose's promo was good, but it's not nothing new, all right? It's been done before. So for all the peckerheads that are making a big deal about this, relax. Calm your fucking tits. <laughs> Are we going to talk about SmackDown? Roman Reigns still being the head of the table and just running through that show. No, we're not going to talk about none of that. Because we're going to talk about something else. And this is probably going to be a very depressing show. Ryan, how does it feel that you single-handedly put the axe on Ring of Honor? How do you feel that you pretty much demise this company? This company... You couldn't just support that 3 a.m. Nebraska feed, right? Listen, I'm yes! sorry. I am sorry, okay? <laughs> I feel like a dick. I can't take it back. I don't know what I can do to make this right. <laughs> you, you know what? Sorry it's... for everybody out in Nebraska. You could wipe so, your grin <laughs> off your face like that. We could start there. <laughs> so, so obviously we're making light of this, but this is really a sad story. Um, and, and it's crazy because when this news broke, I was in complete shock, and then me and Ryan started obviously messaging each other, and I'm like, bro, how does it feel that you single-handedly took took down Ring of Honor? <laughs> and instantly, I could tell Ryan felt bad because Ryan goes like, dude, I feel like such a dick now. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. All these all these jokes. Well, I thought they were harmless. I guess uh, – wow. I don't know. It, it actually – dude, it actually happened, man. Like, the company is dead. Well – well, eh, okay, okay. Dead. Is it fully dead? Like, no. Because I, I, again, we all saw the the press release. We all saw everybody saying, "Oh my God, no more wrestlers!" But they still have a pay per view coming up. They still have some things going on till January, correct, Mario? All right. So they're still doing final battle. They're doing these tapings in November, which is going to lead up to yeah. final battle. But keep in mind, these tapings are in close studio, right? So. It's not like a uh, like a, a taping, like you know, like a house show or, or like a live event. No, it's none of that. It's just a closed studio taping, and then final battle is actually going to be in front of the, a live audience. And with this news, I fully expect people to go to this shit. Like, this is in many ways, this is history in the making because we don't know what the future of Ring of Honor is going into 2022. I mean, you know, Jeff. Um, uh, not Jeff. I was gonna say Jeff Cobb. Uh, Joe Coff. I mean, he who is the COO of Ring of Honor. Yeah. He did go on PW Insider this week and said that the plan is for them to do. Uh, what is it that the show they always do in um in WrestleMania uh, week? What is that? Um, it starts with an S. Um, Supercard of Honor. Supercard of Honor. There you go. Um, that they always do around WrestleMania weekend. That mm. that's the goal. But that ain't you know lock and secure that that's gonna happen because we don't know really what the future of the company is going to be in 2022 if they even return. There's speculation that they are, but then there's speculation that they might not be, especially if they're selling their videotape library also. So it's just a lot of questions going on. Um, And then also with the talent. So in theory, the talent are released from their contracts, right? Like the, the everyone's been released, but I feel like that term, is getting used around loosely because in theory they're still getting paid they're so they're getting paid 
until so final January. battle, which is Ring of Honor's last show of the year, right? Mm-hmm. But then the people, and I'm assuming the talent that are like higher up on the card, they have contracts that roll over till April, late March of next year. Yeah. So they're going to get paid till then. But in theory, they still are free to do whatever booking they want and they can negotiate with other companies. So it's really, it, yeah. it's it's kind of like there's a lot of gray area when it comes to the contract situation of these Ring of Honor talents. And we're going to go through some of the talents. We're not going to go through every talent in the Ring of Honor roster, but we're going to go through a couple of names and see where they might land, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, at the end of the day, you never, as a wrestling fan, you never want to see a company close up shop. Yeah. If that's your mentality, that you want to see a company fail or close up shop, something's wrong with you and you should not be a wrestling fan at all. So the the actual tweet uh, that came out said, throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone health and safe. And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make a change to our business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. The year will culminate with final battle, like Mario was saying, in December, and we'll be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has the most dedicated fans in the industry, except for Ryan, and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to throw it in. You might as well have written that in there. <laughs> so, again, it's not like they're closing. What what they're saying is that they're going to pivot. They're going to reimagine. They're, they're coming up with something new, uh, and they're taking time off um, because I think, to me, the worst thing they could do is do NXT 2.0, which is from one week to another, make believe like nothing changed. So, Mario, Ryan, oh, I, popped, me- I popped so hard because uh, underneath, I, I don't, I think it was underneath this tweet, um, somebody had like made a graphic that said ROH 2.0 oh, with like no. the NXT like background of like splash of colors. I popped so hard when I saw that. <laughs> so, all right, Ryan, so. All jokes aside, where's your head at with with this Ring of Honor situation? Yeah, I mean for real. All, all jokes aside, for for real. Um, yeah, it's it's something that really like has been a long time coming at this point. Well, for the past what three, two and a half, three years, you know, yeah. ever since um, the Elite left, the Elite the left, end, yep, like the end of twenty eighteen, early twenty nineteen, uh, mm-hmm. the company just was never the same. Um, and even like with the elite there, the company had a lot of problems, but um, it was kind of hidden because of the elite. And yes. then once the elite left, it kind of exposed them of all the problems that they had. It's just the fact that the matter is they didn't really push anybody else. And even when they tried to push somebody else, the fans weren't buying into it because everybody was just paying to see the elite. That's it. I mean, I, I'll admit I was guilty of that too. I went to, um, this is, no, well, not it wasn't my last one because I went to the final battle 2018 when it was the uh, the final uh, show for the elite. But back in June of that year, so June 2018, I went to um, TV tapings for for Ring of Honor, and my God, that show! Oh, like I love wrestling, but I was bored to tears, man. Like just the the matches that they put out, the talent that they had out, just nobody was really into this show at all. Like I was like, wow, this is probably one of the worst shows I've ever been to. Um, it was really brutal. Like it, Cody faced somebody from like CMLL. Um, I couldn't even tell you any of the other matches, but it was bad. And then like the elite 
were all in the main event together. I forget what, what exactly the match was, but then the crowd came unglued. It was hot. Uh, great way to end the show. Then the elite did their thing in the ring where they send the crowd home happy. And then it ended up being a, a decent show. I mean, they basically saved the show. But like I said, up until that point, it was awful. And that's wow. what you saw when the elite left. It was like, I'm not saying it was awful what they produced, what they put out, Ring of Honor. Yeah. But it's just like, why? Like, they didn't really give anybody a reason to care about anything that they were doing. Like, that just, there was no guys to care about. There was just no storylines really to get invested in. It was just bad. Um, so I'm not surprised to see this. Um, you know, they tried, but the attendance has been low lately. And put aside the pandemic. I mean, obviously, the pandemic it, it put a damper on all these things. But put aside that, even before the pandemic, the attendance was, was terrible. I'm not even so sure what the pay-per-view buys were, but they could not have been good. They went down. Um, they definitely went down. So so roughly, they were Ring of Honor when the Elite was still there. And kind of to add on what you were, you're saying about how they depended too much on guys like the Bucks and Cody and Hangman Page and when Kenny would do a couple rounds for Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. The Ring of Honor made their show the bullet club elite show that's what they did yeah and you can't just put it all on them even though they're bringing you traction but you have to elevate other guys especially when you got guys like jay lethal on your roster and don't get me wrong jay lethal was always in always in a great spot in ring of honor but the biggest issue that ring of honor had was while the Elite and the Bullet Club was great for Ring of Honor, they made it too – it was too oversaturated with their programming and their product. And ultimately, when the Elite leaves Ring of Honor and they create AEW, a big chunk of that Ring of Honor audience goes with them. New Japan did all right. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure, I'm sure New Japan lost a little bit of a following, but it's not nothing compared – so what Ring of Honor lost? So so what happened? And again, uh, the way you saw it, and you put you bring up a good point with New Japan, right? The difference with New Japan and Ring of Honor is that New Japan, yeah, the Bullet Club was there, but it wasn't fully based around the Bullet Club. You right. still had Okada, you still had you know right. Tanahashi. Tanahashi. You had all these guys that were still bringing you something, something to keep you on your toes. Do you guys remember when Jericho fought Omega? Right? New Japan. Correct? Yeah. You didn't see the Bullet Club. You didn't see the Elite. You didn't see any of them. It was just them two. You still had that stuff sprinkled in, but at the end of the day, it wasn't solely based around the Bullet Club. And unfortunately, that's what happens. And, and you know, I'm going to sound like an old man, but when the Attitude Era d- uh, finished, right, and you had these guys like Stone Cold retire and all these other people, right, WWE went through that same phase where they didn't have established stars, so you lost those people that wanted that that Bullet Club style. So with Ring of Honor, they basically didn't want to evolve. You know, pardon the pun, but they didn't want to evolve, and they didn't want to build new stars. And maybe the stars that they were building, they weren't building them right because they were trying just to make them Bullet Club-esque. And you can't do that. Bullet Club, NWO, DX, all these factions... They're their own. Anything that's a copy of them is not going to be as good. Ryan. So I, so I think to tell this Ring of Honor story, because this, this episode is going to be based yeah. on Ring of Honor, 
I, you know, I want to say like 99.9% of the show is going to be Ring of Honor talk. So I think to tell this Ring of Honor story from our perspectives, kind of got to start from the beginning. Yeah. So we got to, we got to analyze, understand Ring of Honor became a thing right after ECW died. And that was in 2001, right? Mm -hmm. Going into 2002, this is the only time I'm going to mention this dude's name because there's a lot of, you know, shit that you guys can look up on your soul. Rob Feinstein is pretty much the guy that created this company, right? He he was the founder of this, you know, with RF Video. He needed something to kind of like market his videos and his shoot interviews. He didn't have ECW anymore. Yeah. So he founded Ring of Honor. And their first show was in 2002, which you had Eddie Guerrero super crazy on the card, right? And then you also have the founding fathers of Ring of Honor, which was Christopher Daniels, Brian Danielson, and Loki. They were the main event. Mm -hmm. So going back to that first show, it was just an independent company, right? I don't know if the goal was for Ring of Honor to actually become like a full-fledged like entity. Because remember, at one point, Ring of Honor was the number two company in the States, okay? Yeah, Not that long ago. It was like, what, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018? And 2019, you know, we already know what happened in 2019. But everything, but that, everything before All In. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, for like a good run. For a good run, you know, everybody was talking about Ring of Honor. Impact was irrelevant. Okay, like I think people at times forget that. Like Ring of Honor was a number two company in the states. So then all the uh, the the Rob Feinstein shit happened or whatever. So he ended up selling his state to I believe a guy named. Doug Century, Gentry, I believe. And then he sold it to Gary Silken, which that's the guy that we still see to this, oh, what we used to see to this day in all these Ring of Honor shows. He would kind of be like an ambassador of Ring of Honor before Sinclair Broadcasting actually bought the company. 2011. What was that? Yes. Yeah, 2011. But in those years, you know, we started seeing like so after the whole Rob, Rob Feinstein situation happened or whatever. And for those that don't know what the hell I'm talking about, I'm not going to talk about it here. Do your research. Google it yeah. on your own time. So after that situation happened, and I believe that happened in 04, when that situation happened, a lot of people didn't want to deal with Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor to an extent was kind of like blacklisted. Until we got the Samoa Joe CM Punk feud. Yes. And I believe that was in 05. That's when Ring of Honor started picking up steam again. And then it we're off to the races. You started seeing the growth of, of all these talent, the Brian Danielsons, the Austin Aries, the Eddie Edwards, the Davey Richards. I could keep on naming names and names and names. Going into the 2000, 2010s, Kevin Steen, El Generico, Tyler Black. For those who don't know, that's Seth Rollins. Um, Ke I could Kevin's... keep going and going with the Nigel McGuinnesses of the world. like yes. um, Jay Lethal. I could, there's so many names that just came from there going back from the early days like with homicide and amazing red and aj styles and you know jeff hardy like when he first got released on the wwe back in 2002 or 2003 or whatever i remember seeing jeff hardy in a three-way with austin aries and i can't think of the other guy that was in it um it might have been joey mercury i think it was joey mercury austin aries and Jeff Hardy in the three-way and Rex Plex in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I remember seeing that. Oh, Rex um, Plex. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It, so, it you know, Ring of Honor has had a crazy amount of talent um, over the decades, you know, uh, uh, Ring of Honor's existence. It's just sad to see. And, and like I told – and I was telling you this – I was telling you guys this before we, we hit record. Yeah. It hit me – hard because my 
first wrestling show I've ever attended was a Ring of Honor show in 2003. Now, for those who don't know, don't know uh, Jay Lethal is actually a childhood friend of mine. I'm very close to his uh, younger brother, Muhammad. Uh, Muhammad's the guy that that you saw in that episode of Impact when Jay Lethal was shooting with Ric Flair and AJ and Ric Flair were just beating the shit out of Muhammad backstage. That's my boy Muhammad, all right? I grew up with him. So he got us tickets for this Ring of Honor show. So my first wrestling show, I got to meet a whole bunch of talent. So for like a punk 13-year-old kid, 14-year-old, however old I was, I think it was like 13 at the time, meeting all these talent, you're kind of like starstruck, you know? Going back to that, I was kind of, this is already a year in of me watching NWA TNA, the Wednesday pay-per-views, right? So I got to like learn who AJ Styles was and Loki was and CM Punk was. So then now seeing him in Ring of Honor, right? Seeing all these talent, I was like, holy fucking shit. So this one, just getting this news this week on Ring of Honor, it um, I ain't gonna lie to you, for like a good 24 hours, I just couldn't even get my mind off of it. I'm like, I just can't believe it. Nah, it, it, it made me reminisce, too, because, um, you know, I haven't been um, a wrestling fan as long as you. So I, I can't really I wasn't a fan back in the 2005, you know, days of the, the real glory days of Ring of Honor. Um, but obviously I've gone back and I know the history of it and all that. But my first Ring of Honor show was um, the, the first one that I attended. Ooh, um, it had to be in 2014, I think it was. Um, it was Final Battle 2014. It was at Terminal 5 in New York City. And um, from that point on, I was hooked on Ring of Honor. Every single show that I went to, from the Hammerstein to, uh, you know, the Supercard of Honor in New Orleans, to, like, the events at the Terminal 5, even though, even though that venue sucked, the shows were always great. They were the best wrestling stores I've ever been to. Like, for real, like, I don't think I've ever been, besides the one that I was just mentioning before with the TV taping, like, any pay-per-view that I've been to, never disappointed. Even the ones that I watched on TV when I when I ordered them on pay-per-view or fight, whatever it was, uh, they never disappointed. I always enjoyed watching Ring of Honor. And um, like I said, the shows were just so much fun. And you mentioned Carrie Silken before. I actually wrote him a little uh, message because he has always been one of the kindest, uh, most genuine guys ever. You go to a Ring of Honor show, he's always walking around. He's always shaking hands, high-fiving yep. people. Um, what a guy, like, like just so down to earth, always thanking everybody for being there and supporting the product. Um, and my, my last ring of honor show in 2018, the final battle, um, took a picture with him and with like this ROH flag that uh, my brother had. And I just tweeted him the picture and I uh, just told him like, you know, thank you for, you know, just always being so kind and welcoming and stuff like that. And he responded, he was like, uh, you know, this is a very cool message. Like, thanks for supporting the product. And, you know, I, you can tell he really means it. Uh, mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden too. How could I forget about that? You know the super, um, the um, G one super card. Yeah, yeah, you know that that was probably the the peak of of Ring of Honor. That's honestly where it all went downhill after that. The Ring of Honor stuff was not that great. The New Japan stuff was great, but just seeing them run Madison Square Garden was an accomplishment in itself. So, yep. um, and I was glad to be there for that. And I left. I I don't know how many people know this, but in 2018 in New Orleans. Uh, it was NXT going head to head against Ring of Honor, and the main yep. event was Kenny Omega. Well, not the main hey, event, but the big marquee match was Kenny Omega versus Cody Rhodes. And um, me and my brother, we went to NXT. We left after Aleister Black won the NXT title from Andrade, and we hopped in an Uber and we raced over to um, to. Uh, I, it was like I forget what the venue was, but it was like a good almost half hour away, mm-hmm. and uh, we raced there and we got there. In plenty of time, we actually there was like two matches um, that we still, you know, had to sit through before. 
Kenny and Cody. So realistically, we could have finished the NXT show. Uh, we could have um, stayed for Gargano and Ciampa and then probably made it by the time the Kenny and Cody match right. was. But we didn't know at that time. Uh, but that's how big of a Ring of Honor fan I was. And also to, you know, Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes. It was like a big match. It really sucked me in. But also Marty Skrull versus uh, Dalton Castle for the uh, mm -hmm. Ring of Honor World title was the main event that night. I wanted to see that as well. So, man, like, I gave up, you know, Gargano and Ciampa, that great match that they had there in New Orleans, to go to the Ring of Honor show because I just really wanted to attend both. So, um, yeah, man, like, so I have a lot of memories with Ring of Honor, too. It's, uh, like I said, it's sad to see them kind of be where they're at right now. Like like Leo said, they're not fully dead, and yeah. they're most likely, like, me and you talked, Mario, like, once, once a statement came out, we were like, yeah, I don't think they're coming back. You know, they say they're coming back WrestleMania weekend. I don't think they're coming back. But then the next day, the news comes out that they're planning on becoming an indie promotion again and just using uh, top indie guys. You know, nobody under contract or anything, just paying people per appearance. And that's when what I, you know, what made me say, okay, I think this is going to work, man. I, I think if mm -hmm. they if they adapt like the GCW style, you know, whatever, and they just become another indie where like top indie talent can go to and work under that Ring of Honor name, which is going to be huge. I think the company will will still be fine, but obviously it's not going to be anywhere near what it once was. Um, it'll never be that again. Do do you uh, guys but, think? Yeah, I mean, you know what? It is what it is, and uh, you know it was a great run for the old Ring of Honor, and now we'll have to see what happens in, in the future. But um, yeah, I mean it's sad regardless, and then you know we'll obviously get into what's going to happen with all the talent. But I'm sure all this all this talent will land on their feet somewhere uh, else. I mean, they, they, you know. Our boy Ben Cliff from the UK said, I used to find uh, uh, ROH online every week because I wanted to watch it. It was that good. Um, and, and, I, and I think, you know what? Now that we're talking about it, right? I think they were never able to get the stink off of the Bullet Club leaving, right? Like they were never able to, to come back from that. And to Ryan's point, I think that's actually a good idea. Because then now you don't have the overhead expenses that you need in order to pay these guys weekly, you know, or monthly. You don't have the expenses of travel. You don't have the expenses to have a show. All you do like GCW does. They pick a location and they have the show there. Now, what I think, again, with the whole pivot that they set on there, they want to pivot, they want to reimagine, they want to change. What I think is you basically just, not like 2.0, but... You change all the graphics. Change the graphics. Bring them out of 2.0. <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying, like, change the colors. You know what I'm saying? Change the fonts maybe a little bit. Like, bring it up to, to something new. Um, you know, try different things. Because, again, I think what well, we got to it in here, and, and we made fun of the 3 a.m. Nebraska feed because we felt bad that a company that we followed, a company that we were emotionally invested we're stuck at that 3 o'clock Nebraska feed, you know? Like, we wanted them to be prime time. We wanted them to be there because, like Mario said, at one point, they were the number two company. Also, it's we wanted better access to actually watch the product. Of like, course. Exactly. Maybe they should have yeah. taken, like, the MLW route and, like, while you have the distribution deals and streaming deals, whether it's, like, with Vice TV or, like, BN Sports, like MLW does, and, you know, Corp Bauer, you know, He's always talking about like, oh, we got all these talks and all. You know, he's a carny, so he always he always amps shit up more than what it is, right? But that's what you're supposed to do if you're a salesman. But maybe Sinclair Broadcasting could have done a better job promoting Ring of Honor and finding better 
distribution deals. Like they, at the time, you know, now you have, and I think Leo, you could probably um, talk more about this. You know, there's apparently some issues with MLB streaming issues with Sinclair mm-hmm. broadcasting. And that's, that does play a factor with the whole ring of honor situation in a financial level. But yeah. um, listen, Sinclair broadcasting had all the resources to try to find better distribution deals for ring of honor to make it easier to access for us, the mm-hmm. wrestling fans, right? Even putting it on YouTube, right? Like, hey, the new episode of Ring of Honor is going to be on whatever, right? But if you can't find it, it'll be on YouTube right yeah. after it premieres or whatever. They could have done something. And they chose not to. Just like they chose not to give everything the Bucks and Cody wanted. Yeah. So, but, but this, you know, but this the- is this is what happens, Mario, right? And, and with with wrestling itself, it's changed in the past five years on how people get their information, on how people consume the product, on how the distribution happens. And unfortunately, wrestling to a corporate world is not a viable option as far as making money, right? Why? Because if you really want people to come in, you have to spend on those contracts, right? You have to invest at the beginning and then people will come out and look for them. Tony Khan kind of got lucky where these guys put a show together and then he came to him and said, hey, guys, this is what I can offer you guys, right? But as far as TV and as far as money and as far as distribution and things like that, every single sport or every single piece of entertainment has changed. Now you have Facebook. Now you have YouTube. Now you have TikTok. Now you have you know Twitch. There's a lot of things. And as, as a company, when you're in the corporate world, it's kind of hard to sell that carny mentality that you were talking about before with Core Bauer, right? That's what so, wrestling is at the end of the day. To carny. I want you, I want you to pause on the all in talk because all in does play a factor in all this. Oh. But I just want I don't know if you remember this, Ryan. I know Leo does. But I want to say in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, AJ Styles was still in New Japan Ring of Honor, okay? I believe Impact had lost their deal to Spike, and they went over to Destination America. Yes. Somehow, some way, like within, I think, like a month, or like it was, it was Impact wasn't wasn't too long in Destination America. Somehow, Sinclair Broadcasting makes a deal with Destination America, where they're gonna. I think they were either gonna come on after or like before Impact. I remember everybody in the wrestling world were going nuts about this because it's like. Now you have two different wrestling companies, not saying that they were rivals, but they weren't doing business together, right? Yeah. On the same network. I rem- I couldn't believe it. And at the time, you have a former TNA original in AJ Styles now being on that same network. Yeah. But just for Ring of Honor, I was like, holy shit, I'm going to get to see AJ on TV again. Like, I remember at the time that was big news. Now, granted, it was only a, a one hour Ring of Honor show, but. It still was big. Like there was more traction on Ring of Honor being in that network than Impact. No, I, I totally remember that, and and that was what I was going to say too. We haven't even talked about the you know the television aspect of it, the fact that it was never really accessible to watch. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, as big of a Ring of Honor fan as I was, I could probably count on one hand how many times I've watched Ring of Honor television. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just telling the truth. Like I, it, and it's because it's, it was never easy for me to watch and people could say oh just go to the website i don't want to go on ringofhonor.com to watch a wrestling show every week i want to be able to watch it on tv and that's i think a reason why tna impact has been going 
at this level for so long, people are going to say it's going to die. It's going to die. It's going to die. And they've been surviving now it's because no matter, it doesn't even matter if they were on destination America or uh, pop, whatever they were on another weird channel at some point too. Pop. But, uh, I think one of the channels was pursuit <laughs> pursuit. Yeah. It doesn't matter what type of channel that was. They were on television and not everybody got that. But even I think um, recently, well, I think it's because of uh, it was with the move with access, but they were uh, putting it on Twitch too. You know, yeah, they're, so still, they, they're still know, they, on Twitch. They're still on Twitch. So, so they're you know people who don't have access. They're still trying to you know easily make it you know accessible for people because Twitch, you could just throw that on um, a streaming app or something. That's a, that's an application, so you could basically just go on there and watch wrestling. That would be easier than me going to ringofhonorwrestling.com on my computer and having to sit on my computer or my laptop and watch a show. Like I just didn't want to do that every week. But when they moved to Destination America, I was into it. I, that was when I consistently watched Ring of Honor for, you know, that didn't last. So I don't even know how long they were on Destination America for. But I loved it because it was like an easy way to watch Ring of Honor and, and the product. Um, and just after that, they never were on any other, you know, network. Um, and it was when they were all... on HDNet years ago. Yeah, I remember HDNet, I discovered yep. that. It was and a two-year deal. Monday night like a... before Raw. Yep. It was a two-year deal than when they were on HD Net, which yeah. that that was another channel that if you had it, you had it. If you didn't, you yep. didn't. Um, and kind of going back to the impact aspect of it, you got to give impact credit because I, I know they get crapped on for certain things or whatever. But when it comes to a business model, they figure out ways to put their shit out there and they continue yeah. doing that, right? So at one point, you were able to watch their weekly episodes on their on their um impact uh streaming app right for free and that's how i was watching at the time whatever if i wasn't watching it on twitch which is also free but then i don't know what happened with their app where it's like no now you can still watch the episode but you got to be like a subscriber and it's like i'm not gonna subscribe to that but what they're also doing too is on youtube if you move up like a to another tier on their actual youtube subscription i think if you only pay a dollar a month you get access to a whole bunch of shit including their weekly episodes and that's only a dollar so think about it let's say if a million people don't have access tv right and there's like fuck it's only a dollar who gives a shit and i'm getting all this shit you know with it let me just subscribe for a dollar that's a million bucks right there just off of youtube so but but that but that's what happens and again uh, go back five years and tell me any wrestling company or any company that was able to do something like that and again you, Uh you have to evolve you have to be able to change and look at the way things are happening again if you just stay on that 3 a.m. Nebraska and stuff like this happens. But again, it goes yeah, they back. Were, they were on weird channels. Yeah. Um, weird channels and weird times. Because look, I think at one point they were like on the stadium channel. You guys ever heard of the stadium channel? No. At one point they were on that. Then there were another channel called. Um, I remember. I, can't even I remember Pop. That was the one that I remember because that's the only one that no, I had. Pop was for Impact. Okay, that's the only one I had. So they- the, yeah, the Pop one. was yeah. for Impact. Then they were on another channel called, like, I think Surge or something. It's weird. Some weird channel. And then I also remember, this is going back a couple of years ago, I went to a concert out in D.C., okay? And I remember after the concert, it was um, Axel D.C. Axel Rose was covering for ACDC or whatever. He, so I, I went to go see them in D.C. So after the show... You know, I was I went back to the room, whatever, and I think it was like one, two in the morning. I was just skimming through the TV. What do I find? I find Ring of Honor, and it was on a, I think it was like on a Fox affiliate, and it was like it was like at 
two in the morning. So yeah. they were on at weird times, like in weird channels, but there was never like a concrete channel that they were on. Right. Which is right. like, and Sinclair Broadcasting has the resources for it. So why not cough up the money and make a deal where you get this programming on on a channel or on a network where people could watch it? Yeah. Uh, do you it, remember it, why, why WCW closed down, Mario? Uh, Asi- as, not not in the front of the like not in the ring like I'm talking about like like the people at the at the because AOL and Time Warner they merged and they wanted nothing to do with wrestling because they're not wrestling people because right. for, in a corporate world wrestling is not financially viable and unfortunately unless you actually have a wrestling fan like Tony Khan and whether we like it or not Vince McMahon where they're able to see the value of wrestling. And the highs and the lows, you're never going to have anybody that doesn't understand this actually get behind it. So even though the people at Sinclair bought Ring of Honor, even though they own Ring of Honor, you need to have a wrestling fan to actually push it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, to them, and again, for the corporate world, if you tell anybody in the corporate world, and I should know I was there, that you're a wrestling fan, they think you're weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, bottom line is, like you said, if, if you don't put your product out there and it's not easy for people to watch, you know, that's just it's it's not really I want to say it's not going to succeed because Ring of Honor did succeed for a while. But I, it's just like I said, I was basically following the storylines through the pay-per-views and through social media. Like I literally just watched the pay-per-views and the video recaps and everything like that. Like I was I knew I was up to speed and up to date with the, what was going on without even watching the, the, the television product. And I, I just don't really feel like that's the way a wrestling company company should be running. You know, you should be watching the weekly products. So you could watch how the stories unfold and then you get the payoffs on the pay-per-view. That's always how it's been with ring of honor. It wasn't like that. You ba- I basically just followed it through social media, like I said. And then the, when the pay-per-views come, they did a great job with the recaps, like, you know, recapping how we got to this match. And that's how I kept up, up to date with it, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's we also kept why. up with it. And we also kept up with it when, when obviously the Bucks and and were there. You know, we kept up with Ring of Honor programming. We kept up with the program more on being the elite than actually yeah. watching the show. Yeah, I know exactly. I mean, you could make a case that they did more to kind of put the Ring of Honor product out there more so than the you know Sinclair did. That's why it it's not that it's a head scratcher. I, I don't. I listen. We're just fans here, right? So we can only speculate, but. How do you not, after All In, which you put none of your brand on there? Like, I, I've had this discussion with you guys all the time. That show should have been titled The Elite and Ring of Honor Presents All In. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. the show should have been presented. Of and they chose, they chose not to, which is fine. But after the success of that show... How do you not give Cody and the Bucks everything they wanted? Like yeah. creative control. Even if it wasn't for like a, a, a two-year deal, I would have done like, listen, stay with us for another year. Stay with us for another year. Um, Ring of Honor uh, will offer you X, Y, and Z financially and the creative control. 
Like, no. how do you not do that? Even before Listen. Tony Khan came into the picture, you would have taken care of that. Yeah. Listen, ROH could have been AEW easily. I mean, like, like I said, you had like once in a lifetime talents like the like the elite, the 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 Bucks, Cody, Kenny Omega was still in New Japan, but maybe he could have made the switch over to Ring of Honor if they if they signed him and gave him a shit ton of money. He could have been a, a contracted Ring of Honor talent. Hangman Page uh, at the time, Marty Skrull. You had guys that were like the hottest acts in all of yep. wrestling. Right, like the most successful acts that were never step footing in WWE, and you had a chance to pay them all this money to keep them under your control, like you said, to give them creative control. I don't think that would have killed Ring of Honor. That would have made no. more people want to watch Ring of Honor if they knew yep. that these guys had an influence on what was going on. Oh my God, man! Like they could have like see like in their statement that they put out now. Now they want to reimagine Ring of Honor. How come they don't want to reimagine Ring of Honor then? They could have done something to change the company in that you know like in that aspect where they gave creative control to talents and you know i don't know you know let, let them come up with the stories or something like that or you know we'll do what marty Skrull did how he was like the creative wasn't he like the writer or something like that or whatever it was um until you know he got canned with this all speaking out thing but um which which, which also plays a fact on the downfall of ring of honor but we'll, we'll get to that yeah but, like, point being is they could have literally been fine. They could have literally just been – they could have been the number two product in all of America if they would have kept these guys. At, and they decided not to. Because at that time, right, around all in, Ring of Honor was the number two company at that yeah. time yeah. in the U.S. And after the success of all in, how do you, how do you not try to – Try to do something legit. The only people that were negotiating with the Bucks at that time, read their book, was WWE yeah. Triple H trying to get them in the company, and then Tony Khan pitching them this yeah. new company idea. That's it. Like Ring of Honor lowballed the Bucks. I think the deal that they offered the Bucks was actually lower than what they were making at that point. It's like, what's wrong with you? Mind boggling. Mind, but that's why again, like that's why, like you know, like we could sit here and say, oh, you know. Like it sucks. The Ring of Honor is is in the position it's in. We can say, "Oh, we feel bad," but at the same time, they they almost did it to themselves. I mean, they they really did. Between you know, uh, putting all their chips on the elite, you know, for yep. all these shows, and then yep. not signing them, it's kind of like they almost like people want to say, "Oh, AEW killed Ring of Honor," and I said that for a long time too. Unintentionally killed Ring of Honor, but at the same time, it's kind of like no, like Ring of Honor killed Ring of Honor. I mean, they really did. Yeah. It, it's so. It, it, it many factors play into it, is, and we're kind of jumping all over the place, and which is fine because this is gonna, this is pretty much the rise and fall of Ring of Honor, okay? Yeah. yeah. And that's actually the title of the show, nonetheless. But yeah. <laughs> so a lot of factors play into that. One, the elite leaves, right? Then Ring of Honor doing Ring of Honor things. They think, and this is, and I want, and I'm saying this with not trying to disrespect these talents because they're they're talented performers, right? They're thinking in their minds, okay, we just lost the elite slash the bullet club. What can we do to kind of like replace that? Let's create a new stable called Lifeblood. Come on. Lifeblood? Listen, no disrespect to Juice Robinson, Bandito, which I have, I fucking love Bandito. Uh, who else was on it? David Finley, uh, and I can't Neil think of who Bashwood. else. Was 
Daniil Dashwood randomly, like, they create this table called Lifeblood. Like, what? This is what you do? You create, like, a super group? To me, For what? They, it just seems like they didn't really have a plan. When the elite left, and then they should have. They they should have been building for this if they knew. Well, I mean, maybe they didn't know if they knew that they weren't going to give these guys, you know. And they had to know how much they demand knew, they were all they knew. Have. There, there it is. There, there's the uh, there, there's the group right now on the screen. Um, they but Ring of Honor had to know what type of demand that these guys were going to get from other wrestling companies, right? You would think, like the months leading up to them leaving, that they would have a plan of what they were going to do to keep Ring of Honor a hot product and it just seems like they got they had nothing you know they didn't have the talent in place they didn't have they didn't have the replacements and it's really hard to replace those type of guys so uh like i said it's just they were doomed from the minute those guys walked out of the door they were doomed i mean they really were and that's when the attendance started going down and nobody cared about the product i didn't care about it um like i said i still till recently i I still haven't i mean still i don't care about the product because again there's nothing for me to invest in there's just no right yeah, sure, Bandito. Okay, Jonathan Gresham, sure. Um, you know, they, they got, like, God, I don't even know. Like, they got Tony Deppins, okay. They, they just brought him in recently. Uh, Chris Dickinson, sure. But, like, up in, like, just, just nobody really to invest in, you know? Like, I could watch Chris Dickinson and Tony Deppin in GCW, you know? Uh, Bandito, I, he's a great talent, but, like, I don't know. Like, don't really – I'm not going to watch Ring of Honor just for him. Roosh? Not going to watch Ring of Honor just for him. So it's kind of like they just don't have any big stars there. And, uh, you know, Jeff Cobb, who they could have made their biggest star, then he signed with New Japan. It's just kind of like they just never really secured anybody and didn't, I don't know, just did not make things interesting for people to invest in. So I I went to the recent pay-per-view, Death Before Dishonor, which I thought was a really good show. The thing is, on top of not being able to find the programming is not as accessible, right? They just don't have a buzz, which hurts it. Obviously, ultimately, that hurts it. Kind of what you said, they, they haven't secured and made the fan actually give a shit unless you're like a loyal diehard Ring of Honor fan, like which they are. They are those where they're still investing into it. They still watch it week after week, whatever. Well, a lot of these towns too, which is fine, which I find very interesting when they made like this whole press release and then it would they the rumors came out that they released all the talent. A lot of the talent that we were seeing as a late in Ring of Honor, like the homicides, the Chris the Chris Dickinsons, uh Tony Deppins, like especially specifically those three, they're not under a Ring of Honor contract. They're, they're yeah. working on per appearance deals. And I feel like with some of these talents, that's the same case too. They weren't signed to uh a multi-year agreement or like a, a a year contract or whatever. No, they were just signed. They were just signed per appearance. It's kind of like it's kind of like how AEW. See, AEW their business model is obviously way way different and obviously more successful, right? Like there's different tiers in their contracts, right? You have the guys like an Adam Cole that gets paid the big bucks, right? And, you know, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, etc. And then there's different tiers. Like I think like a tier one contract in AEW is legit. You get pe- you get paid by appearance. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a different business model. And Ring of Honor, we've always said this on every, and every show when we're, we're critical on Ring of Honor. They have the talent. Just give us a reason to care about it. And when the elite leaves and you just make this random super group like Lifeblood, 
um, that's not going to really grab my attention. No, I know. And again, like, like you said, like the shows have been great. You went to the pay-per-view and it's great pay-per-view and I'm sure it was. And I, I saw good reviews from the one that was, you know, the last one that they had in September, but like, it's more than just, you know, great wrestling show. You like, you need to have good storylines. Like you need to like, like I said, like, I'm not going as big of a wrestling fan as I am. You know, I also like to watch other things other than wrestling. So like, I basically, I watch WWE, I watch AEW, I watch not really that much right now, but I'm going to get back into it. But New Japan, um, I've been watching a lot of GCW recently. And it's just like another wrestling promotion to watch, like Ring of Honor, just because the wrestling is good. It's just not enough for me, you know? I, I can watch good wrestling in New Japan. I can watch good wrestling in AEW. You need, need to be to, emotionally I, invested. Right, right. If I'm going to order the, the pay-per-view, I'm not just going to be like, well, I know the match is going to be great, so I'm going to order the pay-per-view. I don't know. I kind of want to order the pay-per-view, like, in, in my head being like, Wow, I want to see how this story ends, man. I want to see like this, this blood feud. I want to see like how this, you know, it's just, that's the type of mentality that I have. It's just like, I'm not going to really tune in just to watch three and a half to four hours, however long the pay-per-views are of just great matches. Like I understand they're good, but again, sometimes you just need more than that. You know, you just need better storylines and, and, and just interesting things. Like I said, with AEW, they, they have all these tournaments, right? They, they're about to crown a new women's champion. They do this world title eliminator tournament. Like, give me something like that in Ring of Honor. Like, give me some tournaments. Give me some like cool things. Like, I, there's just nothing, nothing like that. Give nothing me anything. <laughs> I'll so, take anything right now. <laughs> so, to, to, all right. So, to kind of not defend Ring of Honor, but just try to uh, try to play both sides of the field here, right? So. The Elite leaves, and then I believe their first pay-per-view of that year, it was in Vegas. I want to say the pay-per-view was um, – it was one of the anniversary shows, right? Whatever anniversary was that year, okay? So in that pay-per-view, one of the matches was actually Matt Taven and Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal was the champion at the time, okay? This is before the G1 Supercard show at the Garden, okay? That match – Taven and Lethal go on a 60-minute Broadway, which yeah, that, that match was incredible on that show. Like, I know I know people have their criticism on Taven, and I, you know, booking decision-wise, what we saw at the garden, I think a lot of us was like, that was not the right call. But mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. Taven, but the Taven's actually a really, really good worker. And for him to go an hour with Jay Lethal, I thought the match was incredible. Fast forward to G1 Supercard, we know that. A lot of the Ring of Honor stuff on that show was not that great, okay? And then we get this ladder match. The match was good, but the finish is not what people wanted. I think everybody knew that Marty should have been that guy to, you know, get that moment, regardless of what we think of Marty now or, like, whatever, you know, shit was, uh, you know, um, discovered about Marty Scroll during the Speaking Out movement, whatever. But at that time... Marty Scroll was white, white hot. How do you not put the title on him? And I know people were trying to make the argument like, oh, why not put it on a heel? You just elevated Taven as a top heel, etc. I have no problem elevating someone. But Marty should have gotten that moment at the Garden. He should have gotten that moment. Yeah, especially because well, of what we saw the rest of the year, right? So Taven goes on this run for a couple months as Ring of Honor champion. And I think the September pay-per-view, which is Death Before Dishonor, he drops the title to Roosh, which I have no problems with. But then Roosh drops it to PCO at Final Battle. Like, are you fucking kidding me? There's no continuity. No disrespect to, P- no disrespect to PCO, but he's a he's just he's a, he's a gimmick. That's what he is. All right. 
no disrespect to the guy. He he sacrificed his body to do a lot of insane, crazy shit. But he's not a world champion. Especially beating a guy like Roosh. Come on. Yeah, I mean, so, like like you said, there's two sides of that. So when they went with Matt Taven, I said to myself, okay, they're trying to make a new star here. They're high on him. I know a lot of people despise this guy. I think he's a good worker, too. I think he's a good heel. So I was like, all right, whatever. Like, they, they're trying to build somebody new up. And at the time, too, when G1 Superfarb was coming around, there was rumors that Marty Scrolls contract was up really soon. So it's like, why would they give him the title if he's just going to leave? So they, they know he's leaving, so they're not going to give him the title. So then when he didn't win the title, I was like, okay, this guy's out of here. He's done. He's gone. Then he stuck around for the rest of the year. And we were all just like, well, then why couldn't you give him the title? So it, it, it's almost like a mind-boggling thing. It's like if Marty Scrolls was leaving a month later, then nobody would have criticized that because it's like, okay, well, you know what? Why would you give a title to a guy who's has one foot out the door already? Might as well make a new star in Matt Taven who's going to stick around. But then again, Marty Skrull stuck around for the rest of the year. So it's like, why couldn't you give him that run from April till September if you wanted him to drop the title to Roosh, whatever? At least he, Marty Skrull would have gotten a run with the Ring of Honor title. Or he could have dropped, dropped the title to Taven and have Taven and Roosh in the yeah. main event for final battle. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, like, just mind-boggling decisions. And like I said, people were not happy with that result at the G1. And, and like I said, I can't really blame them. It, it was just a mind-boggling decision. Like I said, Marty Skrull should have won that. It would have just been an awesome moment. And, you know, they they botched it. <laughs> just like they botched everything on that show. You know, I, it's just, it, it's really, really sad. But, again, this is why a lot of people were saying that AEW killed, you know, uh, Ring of Honor, or even NXT killed Ring of Honor. No, not really. Ring of Honor did not help themselves out, you know? No. no. Bret you Hart know, not, screwed Bret. Not adding their, their you know, stamp uh, of their brand on All In, that hurt their product. Like, how do you own, how do you own that content, right? But not stamp your likeness to it. Like it, 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 what? Like what's the point of even owning it? it like if you, if you didn't add your shit to it, I think it's because the elite did not want. I mean, even though Ring of Honor, what they they funded it, right, or something like that. Like they they, they, did they gave them, them their out. production, their yeah. you know their ring, their production, everything. So they but, pretty much the elite. All the elite did in this, and 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 listen, this is not crapping on the Bucks or Cody. I love them, but all the elite did was book the show and created the storylines for it. That's all they did when yeah. it came from a. Everything else that was all Ring of Honor. I, if I'm Ring of Honor, because remember the this whole all in started was over a tweet. When someone tweeted Meltzer, do you think Ring of Honor could sell an arena over like five thousand or something like that? I think it was like ten thousand or something 10, like 000, that. And, yeah. Mel, and Meltzer said no, whatever. And then all in happened, and then you know pie in the face and, and Meltzer, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But that's how the tweet start, started. It was Ring of Honor, so. If we're going to do this all-in pay-per-view, right, if I'm Ring of Honor, I tell them, like, we could do it. We could get any talent you want because they got talent from all over the place, right, from the independents, from Impact, from MLW. They got all these different talents, right? right? If we're going to do this, it's going to – we're going to add our, our, our likeness to it as well. We could call it all-in, the elite, but it should be the elite and Ring of Honor present all-in. I think the elite did not want Ring of Honor involved, like on the marquee like that, because they wanted to just prove that they could do this all on their own without a big company supporting them or behind them or helping them. Um, that's just my thing. And if if that's the case, 
that's actually one time that Ring of Honor listened to these guys. And I'm grateful that they did because, you know, without them, All In would have never happened. Um, yeah, but yeah, but but as, time, a company, like, but as a company, but as a company, if yeah. they're using all your stuff, they're using all your production, they're using your right. trucks, they're using you everything. Want to get some credit for that, of course. And also, they had to get approval from New Japan putting that Bullet Club logo on the fucking Titron. That too, yeah, yeah. So they, they, you know, that that's a New Japan entity, right? So if I'm Ring of Honor, listen, I love you guys. You know, we, we're down to do everything, but we want to put our, it doesn't have to be on the ring canvas. It doesn't have to be on anything, but it should be the elite ring of honor present all in. Yeah. That's, oh that's how it should have been. I'm reading the comments right now. Ben, Ben Cliff brings up that point of uh, Enzo and Cass hopping over the barricade at the GM oh. show. Remember that awful decision? Oh, oh my God. That's just another Dude. thing too. Like all the mind boggling decisions where they had, they had uh, the beautiful people on that show, right? Bella yeah. Sky and Angelina do this some stupid crap with the women's match. And then they yeah. had Enzo and Cass and, and the whole Bully Ray situation. Remember the Bully Ray thing where like um, some fan in the front row like yelled at him or something like that, where they yelled at there's doing something. So they I had yelled this, at Velvet um, Sky. I forget then, the rapper's name. I forget the dude's name. Little, um, little something. Aren't they all named no. that now? No, no, no. Some rapper came out because he did the, the song for the G1 Supercard. Uh, yeah, yeah. Coming to the Garden, I think it was called. I, I can't think of the dude's name right now. Um, it, it is, you know, Mega Ran. That's the dude's name, Mega Ran. He did the song for that show, the G1, uh, Welcome to the Garden or, or Coming to the Garden. I forget what was the name. So he came out to perform. And it's so funny because the show's about the garden, but the, the audience wanted nothing to do with him. They were already booing him. Yeah. So then Bully Ray comes out. Bully Ray's the heel, but they're cheering for Bully Ray to beat the crap out of this guy. And then some incident happened with a fan that was yelling in the front row. Yeah. He's getting like heat or whatever. And I think that that's when I don't know if it was Mark Caskins. No, it was Flip Gordon. Remember Flip, remember Flip Gordon, guys? Remember him? Remember that guy? Um, he came out, and then that's when it was like Lifeblood versus I think Bully Ray, and I think Silas Young was involved and someone else that I can't think of. It was just a mess of you stuff. You remember the incident, the incident too, where Bully Ray took the fan backstage or something like that. That happened. started yelling at him. Yeah. I don't know where that happened. I don't know. It happened. Um, it did it happen in Philly. I forget where that happened. I don't it happened know. But, I mean, that, that was just bad PR too, for ring of honor too. So it's like right. so many things just went come like just, there was so much bullshit that went on after the elite left that it's just like this company, that's what I'm saying. This was, this was like heating up for a while. Like this is why I'm not surprised to see what ring of honor is doing right now. It's because this has been built up for a long time. It's been a long time coming because just nothing has been going right for them. So after the G1 super card, I want to say a couple months later, uh, it was in the summer. I don't know if it was June or July around there. They ran the Hammerstein ballroom for the last time. Okay, I went. I attended that show. I legit bought my ticket last minute. Like I bought it. Like I think that that same day. I forget. Show was good, really good show. But when I tell you, go, you know, watching, you know, going to the Hammerstein Ballroom for previous Ring of Honor shows, whether it was Manhattan Mayhem's or Final Battles or whatever, seeing how packed that venue was. Okay, like Leo and I was there. When the Hardys returned to Ring of Honor and they faced oh, off with yeah. the Bucks and defeated them for the Ring of Honor tag titles, which that, you know, that's a story in itself. And you know yeah. what? Let me tell that story now. So one thing, listen, and I got to give Leo credit completely for this. Oh, so in our, the, oh, early nice. day, the early days of the Lucha <laughs> Outsider show, right? 
you know, we were, we were kind of nobodies, right? So we got the rub from the heel marks. They were already an established show and an established podcast. Thank you. We got the rub from them, but we were nobody. So we were still learning things. But one thing about Leo is Leo's like, dude, we got to sell ourselves more than what we are at the time leo's soccer show Leo, was part of luis network right uh lucy menace's uh podcasting network at the time luis luis jimenez has connects so leo's things like dude we gotta sell each we gotta sell ourselves more than what we are so what did leo do he got us press passes to yeah. be on the floor Woo. for ring of honor for that show so, and for a couple of times um when they were running the hammerstein ballroom so when we were going there, we we went to that show with the with the Hardys, whatever it was, me and um, you Tone. know Lucha Outsiders alumni Tone and uh, who used to take pictures for us or whatever at the time. We were at that show, and when I tell you, when the Hardys show up, you le- it felt like thunder and lightning in that damn venue. Yeah. And then they beat the Bucks for the tag titles, and then they do like we're gonna do this autograph signing. I forgot what Matt Hardy said. He said something crazy. Cause remember, he's broken, yeah. Matt. He said something crazy. When I tell you it looked like a stampede in that like in that in between section of the Hammerstein ballroom where it's like the actual venue with the curtains and then there's like that middle gap where they sell like a merchant stuff, you could not even walk in there. So then Leo goes like, "Yo, I'm putting, I'm going on Facebook Live, bro." So he goes on Facebook Live. Now we're getting reshares of this video because it looked like a fucking mob scene. Yeah, like just. Thousands of it looked like thousands to me, but maybe it was more like hundreds in that little cramped up space, just going delete, delete, delete. Fucking, it looked insane, bro. Um, but, but it was dude, insane like, though. Especially like even if you're not a wrestling fan and you just see this, you're like, what the fuck is this? Like it, you grabs your attention, right? So compared to like that time of Ring of Honor, right? They're selling out the Hammerstein Ballroom. It's a mob of people. Fast forward two years later. They're running in the Hammerstein Ballroom for the last time. Matt Tave is a champion. It's a three-way. It's him, Jay Lethal, and Kenny King. Great match. But when I tell you that the venue was only 70% in attendance compared to them selling out before, like they would have no problem selling out the Hammerstein Ballroom. Now it's like only 70% of capacity that that the people are in attendance. I just looked at the venue. I'm like, man, this is a really good show. But, man, this is – Looks like a shell of what it used to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I can't really blame people. You know, there's just like like you said before, everybody, all their half their fan base moved over to AEW. Like they like AEW was their Ring of Honor, and you know, like I said, like who's gonna care? Nobody cared about the whole Matt Taven title run to begin with. So, and I think a lot of people too. And I know you're close with with him, and he's a great talent. Jay Lethal has literally like overstate his welcome in ring of honor and hey I, res- I respect the hell that he's he's been loyal to that company but i just think people just didn't give, give a shit about jay lethal anymore I'll, be, I'll admit i honestly after a while did not care about him either i just i i like there was rumors at one point that he was going to leave for nxt and i wanted to see that because i was just so tired of jay lethal and ring of honor like he had the longest run right of, of any ring of honor champion i think still mm-hmm. he, he had one of the longest reigns when he won, he won both of those belts. When he was a TV champ and the world I, champion, I was I was there oh, for that show. It was at Terminal Five. It was at twenty. 5, yeah. I think it was twenty fifteen. I was I was very fortunate to be at that show, and I seen him, you know, win the big one, which he had an incredible match with Jay Briscoe. Oh. They those two have just so much great chemistry. Well, um, Truth Martini was was with them too for that whole yeah. Run, right? Truth Martini, yo, Truth Martini is such an 
underrated manager. Yeah. Like to me, Truth Martini, I put him up there with like guys like Paul Heyman and Bobby the Brain. I think that's how good Truth Martini is. That whole entire run that Jay Lethal was on was amazing. Unreal. I enjoyed it so much that the um was it Truth Martini came out with the with the book all, all the time? Was it the book of truth? The was book of truth. The yeah, book yeah, of yeah. truth. Oh man, that, that was an unbelievable run. But after that, and then you know, I think he won the title. What he won it tw- twice more after that after that reign, or um, yeah, I believe he. I think he's a two-time world champion because he beat so. Okay, so he beat Jay Prisco for the first time. He had the title for like a over a year, some change. Mm-hmm. Then I believe Cody beat him for the title, and then Cody ended up dropping it to Dalton Castle. No, and so, then so Jay Lethal bought it, got it back from Dalton Castle. Cody won it from Christopher Daniels. Oh no! Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. So Adam Cole beat Adam. Cole. Adam Cole beat Jay Lethal. Yes. Yeah. And yes. Then, yes. Adam Cole beat it from Jay Lethal. Christopher. Adam Cole beat it from Jay Lethal. Then Kyle Riley beat Adam Cole for it. Adam Cole yes. got it back at Russell Kingdom. Yes. And then at the then, anniversary show, Daniels beat Adam Cole. Uh huh. Yeah. And then and, in June of that year, Best in the World, Cody beat Cody Rhodes. Chris got Daniels. It. Yeah. Cody Rhodes beat Christopher Daniels, and then Cody dropped it back to Dalton. And that's when Jay Lethal got it. After yes. Dalton, Dalton had a run with it, and then Jay Lethal got it. Okay, Holy yeah. So, so two runs as, as the champion. But after that, like I said, I just feel like people were sick and tired. I could be wrong. I'm just speaking in my opinion. I just feel like people were sick and tired of Jay Lethal at that point because he was almost like what Gargano and Chomp are doing right now, is just treading water in NXT. It's right. like, you know, he's just chilling there. Like, he's faced everybody. He's feuded with everybody. He's won right. the world title. He's won the television title. What more is he going to do? I mean, then he, I know he's tag champs with Jonathan Gresham. That's cool. But after that, it's like, what, what, what more are you offering to Ring of Honor? I mean, like I said, I respect the loyalty there. He's a company guy. But, again, right. at some point you need to – it's like the Briscoes, too. It's like, god damn, like, what the hell are they still doing? They, you know? The Briscoes have been in that company since 2002. Oh. 2002. It's my yeah. boys. They need to leave. They're great. They're phenomenal. I, I love them, but I mean, my God, like, it's kind of like, don't you want more for your career? A little bit more? Like, you know, you, you've been loyal long enough. Like, why don't you go but, somewhere else and try and, like, you know, just see what else is out there, you know? But so I say, okay, so for the Briscoes, I think it's a little bit different because the Briscoes, their wrestling career is kind of like just their second job because they have like their own chicken farm, which they're probably making, yeah, I, I don't know how much money in that. Um, I'm sure they're. Well, I'm sure they're very well doing that. So, like, their wrestling career ultimately became kind of like their second thing. Does that make any sense? That's their side Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I I just still feel like I would have loved to see them, I don't know, like, mix it up with some other team. And that was was part of the reason, too, when the Elite towards the end, I'm specifically talking about the Young Bucks. Oh, my God. Like, they ran through every single tag team there. Like, they – they faced every single team multiple, multiple, multiple times to the point mm-hmm. where there was nothing left of them. There's no competition, no fresh matchups, nothing new, nothing hot. That's what I felt like having with the Briscoes, too. And it's kind of like, I get it, you know, wrestling's your second job, but at the same time, it's like, you know, and, and I know, like, WWE probably not the place for them. But I don't know, like, back when NXT and, was hot, when they had all these things, I would like them to see it in NXT. You know, that's a shame, too, because the Briscoes not only – are they a great tag team? But like Jay Briscoe's also a great singles, singles and he's a yeah. believable, believable single. So, like this whole week after this Ring of Ring of Honor news broke, like I was just going through talent. I'm like, man, you know what would be a dope match? 
because Jay Briscoe just brings that intensity right into the ring, and and we know how much of a, a great single star he could be. Like, imagine him and Roman Reigns just facing off. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be like, something. That'd All be right. something there. Like, hey. Just imagine the promos back and forth. You know, uh, I know they're a great tag team. They're awesome tag team. They're going to be like, they're going to go down in history, potentially one of the greatest tag teams of all time that never went to the WWE. Right. Yeah. Like that. They're yeah. going to go in history. For that. Never went anywhere else. Man. Right. Right. Just WWE. So you, but, like, you got, you guys know that I stay quiet. I'm looking for something, right? Mario. Mario. What I have on screen. And uh, I already sent you guys the link so you can see it. crazy so there you go <laughs> it's just it's fucking nuts uh all right so let, let's go sorry so kind of let's just go down continue going with this timeline of just a downward spiral all right so 2020 hits right before we know that this pandemic is coming it gets announced that marty scroll has not only resigned with wwe with um, ring of honor but he gets creative control. He's going to be the head book of Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Me as a fan, I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking great. One, we know Marty's a creative guy. So I think he'll bring a lot of good to Ring of Honor booking. And also, he wants to write his own path. He doesn't want to just join his friends in the AEW. If anything, he wants to make the connections. I feel like if the pandemic didn't happen and then everything else that came with that, like the speaking out movement and stuff, I feel like Ring of Honor will probably be in a different position now because I think he would they would be involved in this forbidden door situation with Impact, with New Japan, et cetera, et cetera. I think they would be in the conversation. But unfortunately, how things play out, so Ring of Honor was scheduled to do their anniversary show in Vegas. That same weekend is when the pandemic hits, okay? Yeah. Um, Ring of Honor, prior to that, they're already starting to make some, some some moves. They put the the world title back on Roosh. Um, I believe the the villain enterprises ended up dropping the six man championships to um, Bandito, Ray Horace, and Flamita, which I think was a really smart move as well. Um, so they started making changes for the better going into this pay per view. The pay per view doesn't take place due to the pandemic. Ring of Honor decides, okay, we're not going to do any type of studio tapings, et cetera, but the, the talent are still going to get paid. That's, you know, props to them. Mm-hmm. But then the Speaking Out movement comes out, and then they get hit with another bombshell. It's like Ring of Honor could never catch a break. Some yes. to their own doing, but then there's other situations like, fuck, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Allegations came out towards Marty Skrull. Um, You guys already know the rest, okay? Regardless what you feel or think about it, listen, it's never right having a, a 28-year-old messing around with a 16-year-old. I don't care where you're from, what country it is. I don't care if it's legal or not. Morally, it's not okay, okay? I don't care. That's it. Listen, this is coming from a guy that was the biggest Marty Skrull guy, okay? Listen, still got the umbrella. It's right here, all right? That's how big of a fan I was then. I named my dog after him, okay? So... It's just morally, it's not right. Nonetheless, that happens. 
ring and he puts out two statements which buried himself even more okay (laughs) um so ring of honor had to release him they give the booking uh direction back to hunter single h which is um what's his uh delirious (laughs) single h okay hunter single h uh which is delirious and yeah now they're doing closed studio tapings they bring back the pure championship which which i believe marty's the one that was like really head on bringing the pure championship back but they they still come going in that same direction and then they you know for close to a year they were kind of just running closed tape studio shows they did the pure title championship tournament um they ran i believe a pay-per-view one pay-per-view with no fans or something or maybe it was two pay-per-views no i think it was one i, I forget um which which was okay but at the same time it just feels weird because there's no fans it's not like the thunderdome where you have kind of like that background noise and it made watching wrestling all right like you know whatever you kind of into it i guess um then they did the show what was that best in the world which that, that happened this this past summer best of the world happened and if you guys remember, I was raving about it. I thought it was a great pay-per-view. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. You know, Ring of Honor is, you know, they're picking up some steam. They, they had a great pay-per-view. They crowned a new champion in Bandito, which I believe I, I was, he deserved it. He deserved it. Because a guy like Bandito, it's like, he's another guy. You know, he's, he remained loyal to Ring of Honor, too. He had an opportunity to go to AEW, but no, he decided to stay with Ring of Honor. So, you know, that, that says a lot about him as a character, you know, um, as a human. Okay. Death Before Dishonor happened. I was at that show too. And that was going to be the last live attended show because, you know, we started getting some more spikes with COVID or whatever. They decided like, no, we're going to kind of chill out for a bit and we'll regroup again for final battle. And that should have been a telling sign for me. I'm like, why would they not run like live tapings that's weird like everyone else is doing it like i get that they they, they're taking covid seriously which is fine but like how come not run shows like how you've been running now with like people wearing masks like being at death before dishonor everybody was wearing a mask which i have no problem wearing a mask if if that's what they want whether this uh, the establishment the restaurant whatever it is like if you want us to wear a mask i have no problem wearing it like it, it is what it is right yeah why not continue running shows with just people wearing masks like i, I just didn't understand that then we started seeing the Briscoes pop up in GCW. That should have been another telling sign. Like, wow, this is a tag team that's never appeared on any other show besides Ring of Honor, right? They just showed up in GCW like, holy shit. So we started thinking, right, you know, like, oh, maybe Ring of Honor is doing some business with GCW that we don't know about. Oh, that's good. That's great. And then this shit happens. <sighs> Here we are. Here we are, man. Just because Ryan did it, just because Ryan did not want to support that 3M. No, I'm kidding. I'm uh, kidding. You know, you, yeah, Ryan. it all falls on my shoulders. Thank you, um, Ryan. Not, you know, it's, it's, been, it's sad. Be- it, it's sad, man. It's, it's really sad, sad because they, um, you know, I saw a tweet too. It's like they didn't release any talent from their contract and they, they, um, they treated everybody right. They, they did right by everybody for throughout the pandemic. They handled everything as good as you could possibly handle it. And then they got screwed over in the end, basically because of that. I mean, it's, and that's the saddest part too, is like WWE released a bunch of people, um, you know, other, other companies didn't, but you know, ring of honor just 
they didn't even uh, other companies were at least still running shows. Ring of Honor wasn't even running shows, and they still had all these guys under contract and paying them for not even running shows. And you know, again, it's just it's just like that was. I think that was the ultimate nail in the coffin. Really, I mean, that's what killed them ultimately, and they went down by doing the right thing. And that's that's the saddest part about it. Um, and like you said, like even shutting down tapings after the pay per view. Not the smartest decision. I think we even mentioned that on the show after that, or I, maybe it was off air or whatever. You told me that they were probably going to not run um, live attended shows. And I said, mm-hmm. wow, like, that's bad. That's not a good sign. I mean, everybody else right. is doing it. I understand you want to take COVID seriously, but at this point, right. COVID is down forever. It, it, it's right. not going to just magically go away. So at what point do you say to yourself, okay, now it's time to go back to how it was before COVID? All these other companies are doing it. AEW, WWE, you know, Impact starting to now. New Japan. Mm-hmm. So why would you be the only company not running with shows when you're the company that needs to run shows the most? It's because you need right. more money. So like right. I just don't understand. And uh like you said, that was a, a telling sign, I guess. I mean, who would have seen that coming? Not me. Even the Briscoe showing up at GCW, that really wasn't a hint to me either. Cause I don't I don't know. I just felt like Ring of Honor just was just gonna keep trucking along. Like I just did not think it was actually going to end up the way it's ending up, and it has, and Again, I really, while it's said and everything, I think this is going to be one of the best things for them. They could revamp the whole entire Ring of Honor, you know, like you said, reimagine Ring of Honor, however you want to say it, um, be an indie. That way there's not that much pressure on them to like, you know, because Ring of Honor has always been like, like you said, it was that number two company at one point. So like going the way, you know, they were still going at, right. people expect a lot out of Ring of Honor. Now, when they don't have a lot of people under contract or nobody under contract, and they're just going to be an independent promotion with top indie guys on there. There's not really that much pressure on them to deliver to Ring of Honor standards. You know what I mean? Like, they're, like they're just going to like be an indie, and that's that's what it is. It's just another place for people to learn their craft, to kind of you know get get scouted by WWE, AEW, whatever. And uh, you know that'll be that. But you'll have the Ring of Honor name behind some of these guys, which will be huge for them. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, this is just how it's going to have to be. And I think it's going to be the right thing for them. I, I want to go through uh, – we're not going to go through their whole roster because, listen, no disrespect, but we're not we're not talking about the Beer City Bruiser on here. Like, no. that's <laughs> not what we're, we're – we're, yeah. we're all going to go through a couple names. But before we do that, I do want to kind of just talk about, like, just kind of like the legacy that Ring of Honor leaves behind and what – speculation isn't it because we we don't know what to expect right but i guess speculation of what could possibly happen but just the legacy that that ring of honor leaves behind it, it's just you know i think p uh pw insider mike johnson he put he typed up uh an amazing tribute on ring of honor i have the link on our lucha outsiders on facebook page where he kind of just kind of tells the ring of honor story better than what we're doing right now but um, you know, like AJ Styles was a star in Ring of Honor before he went to like NWA TNA. Okay, um, you know the Briscoes, lifelong Ring of Honor guys since day one. You know, guys like Austin Aries and CM Punk and Loki and Samoa Joe and and Brian Danielson. Like they 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 learned their Nigel McGuinness. They all learned their craft in Ring of Honor. Um. Jay Lethal coming, you know, he started in Ring of Honor and then he went to TNA and he, you know, he came back to Ring of Honor and became one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, you know, Kevin Steen and, and El Generico took, you know, 
limit to what they were doing with their, their ladder war matches. And it's just insane. You know, Adam Cole, Adam Cole and Ring of Honor, we knew he was the next Shawn Michaels before he went to NXT. Okay. Right, like right. we knew that when, when, um, when he was in Ring of Honor, like that's how good he was, you know. Th- make no mistake that there would be no AEW and no NXT without Ring of Honor. That's the legacy that Ring of Honor leaves behind. Okay. Yeah. And I know people could try to argue, hey, what would have been eating them? Listen, at the end of the day, if there's no Ring of Honor, there would be no AEW or NXT. That's bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, hypothetically, here, let's just say Tony Khan does buy the R- Ring of Honor video library. All right. I think Tony Khan, because he's such a wrestling fan, and he his love for wrestling is just he respects the business, or whatever. I would not be surprised. Listen, you already have like 70 percent of your roster are former Ring of Honor guys, or they've had a cup of coffee in Ring of Honor, right? I would not be surprised if he ends up buying this Ring of Honor library. I would not be surprised if he does like a Ring of Honor tribute show on AEW. Like it would not shock me whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, yeah, Tony Khan was a big fan of Ring of Honor back in the day, obviously, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked somewhere down the line that happens if he takes control of the library. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of Ring of Honor guys in AEW, a lot. Oh, you can say yeah. half the roster is compromised of, of former Ring of Honor guys at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yeah, I, I think that'd be really cool. It'd be a classy move, um, you know. I could definitely see it happening. I just feel like uh, Tony Khan, like we mentioned off air, is the guy that needs to take control of that of, the, of that library. He would put it to good use. Yeah, he would yep. handle it the way you know Ring of Honor would want their library to be handled. Um, I kind I'm kind of confident that he'll get control of it some way or another. Mm-hmm. But you never know. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be super cool. It'd be a classy move. And um, yep. like you mentioned before. Yeah, I mean, wrestling would not be what it is today if it wasn't for Ring of Honor. That's just a simple fact. I mean, like you said, NXT, uh, AEW, you know, just just everything. ROH has influenced the wrestling business in just ways that, like, you know, that people don't even give them credit for. And, you know, it's just just simple fact uh, of that. If you disagree with it, you're either out of touch or you just are a complete hater, and I don't really know why. But um, yeah. I mean, like I said, Ring of Honor had what had an incredible run, and it's 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 like the funeral of Ring of Honor. Yeah. So yeah. And, and before we go through this roster, uh, some of it, some of the roster, whatever. And another thing, just to add on to um, and, and it's not that I'm pouring more gasoline to the fire. It's just I just want to I just want to try to get everything out there. And, you know, when 2019 hit, and they were kind of just. I guess reimagining Ring of Honor before they started using the, the term reimagine, right? You also had the rise of MLW and GCW at that time as well. That also played a factor because it's like, all right, I want an alternative, but you got MLW and GCW like making moves. So it's like, why am I going to watch Ring of Honor? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, look, yeah, it's exactly it. It's like GCW is bringing in guys like Suzuki, they're bringing in like guy, like people from all different promotions. They've got, you know, some really good stars like like a Nick Gage that bring in Cardona like they're like when I when I talk about before like I need something to be invested in GCW is is kind of satisfying they're they're making me want to invest in these guys and these things and you know you got Leo Rush uh coming in you got Alex Zane coming back like get all these guys there who are just awesome um and up and coming like Starboy Charlie like I'm a huge fan of that guy 
Um, they are exciting right now. There's must-see shows, there's must-see you know talents there, and that's what I feel like when Ring of Honor, if they come back, if they adapt that indie style, that's what they need to do. They need to bring in guys like a Suzuki or like you know just all these guys that will create buzz. That's what they have mm-hmm. to do in order for people to support that product. And that's not what they have done up until this point, you know, doing the things that they, they were doing. Um, so that's why GCW is more must-see than Ring of Honor has been. And mm-hmm. that's why I feel like Ring of Honor has got to adapt that GCW style. I'd love to see GCW and Ring of Honor kind of like be like a thing, like a partnership or like, I don't know if merging is the right thing because like, I don't know, like then I feel like that would kill GCW and all the momentum that they have. No, cause no that, business wants a, to ever merge, that, man. That's the, yeah. that's the last ring of honor dig from, from Ryan. <laughs> that's it. That's, what, that's the last one you're getting. No, you but, but, but to add on to that, there, there was a rumor that, that, um, that came out this week, uh, actually yesterday on PW Insider, they did say that since, the Briscoes are right now the, the the reigning GCW tag team champions. They they could potentially bring in some GCW talent to do the final battle pay per view. So that is a rumor going around. So that'd be cool. Um, I don't I don't know about a merger. I don't I don't know about a merger. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. I don't know. Let's let's go through some names. Let's start with um, the Ring of Honor World Champion Bandito. I think very highly of this guy. Um, listen, he could end up anywhere. Um, I, I hate to be that guy because I'm so against it too. Like, not everyone could go in AEW. All right, that, yeah. that's just the bottom line. Not everyone could go to AEW, especially because you still have Bray Wyatt in free agency market now. Like, that not everyone could go to AEW. Like, they just signed Tony Nese. Like, it, it's just I love AEW, but they're oversaturated with talent. Not everyone could go there. Listen, Bandito. I think if I'm Bandito and I'm the quote unquote hottest free agent, and I think he he is, you could pro- you can make the argument that him and Jonathan Grisham are probably going to be the hottest free agent coming from the Ring of Honor, um, you know, uh, locker room, right? Yeah. If I'm Bandito, I'm I'm being a slut, and I'm just going to go to every single promotion and just sign per appearance deals. If I, if I'm Bandito. Yeah, I think he, I think go back to Mexico, uh, do a lot of work there. And I agree. I just feel like he should go all over the place. I don't really know if he should sign a, a contract. I mean, there's going to be a lot of demand for him. But, yeah, I mean, in AEW, like like you said, like, I just feel like he'd be lost in the shuffle. And I know it, Tony Khan does a great job of, like, uh, you know, filtering out talent. You know, we don't see the same guys every single week. does a good job of, like, you know, keeping everybody relevant, giving everybody TV time. But at the same time, like you said, Tony Nese is on board now. He's got Bray Wyatt still out there. Uh, there's going to be more guys that are going to be released from WWE NXT at some point too. You just know that's going to happen. Um, I'm sure people in impact, their deals are going to be up at some point. It's kind mm-hmm. of just like, yeah. How many more people can you flood the roster with? And I just right. feel like Bandito, while he's a great talent, is he going to be a difference maker? Like if you sign him, is he going to be a top star? I don't see it. Uh, and not right now. And again, that's not no disrespect to him. That's just the way the company is right now. Look at all these stars they have there. I just don't see where Bandito really fits in. You know, it's almost like everybody was so pissed off that AEW didn't sign uh, Buddy Murphy, Buddy Matthews. But but that, but that's a, right now, man. But that's the thing, though, Ryan. Like like you're not disrespecting anyone. We're just being realists. And unfortunately, yeah. people nowadays they can't take the real. Like, dude, you're not ready. It has nothing to do with black, white, Spanish. With with you're just not ready. Talent wise, you're not ready. If you go back and watch it at and you brought it up right now with Bray Wyatt being out there. Talk about not being ready. Go back to Husky Harris, and then we talk. 
You know what I mean? Like the, you need to you need to wait your time for for the the character to develop, for you to find your way, and especially for him where ha his whole face is covered, so it's kind of hard. I think with for Bandito you. too. I think the thing with Bandito is also he's too much like Ray Phoenix. So it's like, what, what are you gonna have yeah. two Ray Phoenixes on your on your on your brand? Sure. Listen, Bandito's a star. He's already taking GCW bookings. You see, they already announced him. They got him booked for three GCW shows. Yeah, not yeah. Bandito. Like I said, him and Jonathan Grissom, cottage free agents. Yo, just hold yourself around all these different companies. And I'm saying it like that. It's just like just just jump from company to company. Look what Alex Zane is doing. That's what he's doing. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100 percent All right. Uh, uh Brody King. I can see Brody King going back to MLW. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know um, you know, he's got history with uh Malachi Black. He'd be great. To put him back with, with, with Malachi, I know in, in PWG they've been doing some stuff. Yep. But, I mean, like, again, just another guy that's like, do you really need – is it necessary to really sign him? Like, right. I just don't think so. So, I mean, listen, honestly, I think he'd be great in Impact. I think, uh, yeah. you know, Impact could definitely take him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would I would love to see him do some stuff in New Japan, too. I think I think he'd, he'd be great there. He does do stuff with New Japan strong. So, I mean, like, that's, yeah, that's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, going to, to Japan right. when the time is right, um, mm -hmm. being a star over there, kind of like what Jeff Cobb's been doing. But, um, yeah, just another guy I just don't think is it's a necessary signing right now for AEW. Right. Okay. Dalton Castle, now, you want to talk about, like, hitting, like, the peak in Ring of Honor and then just kind of going downhill. Like, th this dude's a very talented guy. I'm going to go a different direction with Dalton Castle. I actually would not mind him going to the WWE, but not as a wrestler. I think he would be great in broadcasting. I think that's how good Dalton is. Um, what do you think, Ryan? It's tough because, I mean, you know, it's funny how we've mentioned all these guys so far and WWE, NXT has not even come. We haven't even said anything like, oh, NXT is going to sign this guy because of the new direction NXT is going in where they're not signing independent wrestlers. You know, they want to sign like guys like, in gymnastics and football and things like that and weightlifting and, and all that shit. So it's like, are, is WWE going to go after any of these guys? I mean, I think they should, because again, mm -hmm. not all of them can go AEW, Impact, NWA, MLW, whatever. Um, yeah, I agree. I think this guy, while he's super talented, I don't think anybody really cares about him enough. And I don't, I don't really care to see him in the ring anymore, to be mm -hmm. honest. I feel like he's hit that point where it's kind of just like, all right, I'm tired of him. Unless he does a complete character change. Right. I don't really see happening. I don't really see how me, I'm speaking for myself, but I think a lot of people can agree. How can anybody really be invested in this guy anymore? Um, so I wouldn't mind. I think maybe NWA, if he wants to continue wrestling, uh, I wouldn't. I mean, listen, I'm not putting anything past impacts on him. I mean, it, it, you know, uh, I think he'd be a good commentator for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I think I think there's going to be demand for him. I just mm -hmm. don't, you know, if we're talking to AEW, I don't, I think AEW should stay away from him. But um, nah, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see AEW picking him up. I, I just, I think Dalton Castle has something to offer as like maybe like does. in broadcasting, in broadcasting role, like just being color. I think, I think he's very good in that. Um, he, I know he's done a couple of commentary, uh, commentary stuff in Ring of Honor in the past. And I think if he was to do it like in a bigger platform like a WWE, I think he'll do a great job. Yeah. Um, we never, we never talked much about this dude. But I think he has something to offer, especially when it comes to kids, and that's Dan Hausman. Um, I've seen kids yeah. be all over this guy. Yeah. Um, the, the whole just weird vampire face paint gimmick. Um, listen, in the ring, he's average at wrestler, but I can see why kids like this guy. Like, I remember at the last Ring of Honor show I attended, yo, there were so many kids I saw face painting 
with with his gimmick, I'm like, yo, he has something to offer. Um, whether I know he has a lot of friends in AEW, whether it's an AEW or an Impact or or who or whoever MLW, who knows, or or maybe WWE tries to get him, you know, just for that kid factor, who knows? But regardless, wherever he goes, I, I think he I think he's gonna get picked up by someone, by some company, because I think he when it comes to that kid's demographic, he has a lot to offer. He's very marketable. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'll admit, I never got the hype behind him. I don't, I, I see him all over my social media. I don't even follow the guy yet. I see him all over the place. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to act like I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I don't really know much about him, but yeah. And in, in that aspect, I do, I do see a lot of people, especially now with Halloween, um, a lot of people dressing up like him and uh, you know, it's kind of like the orange Cassie. Like he's got that easy, you know, um, character to dress up like it's cosplay. And uh, I agree. I think, you know, I could see him in an NWA or an Impact or an MLW or something like that. But again, not a guy that I see AEW picking up. Um, but yeah, I definitely think, you know, like I said, he's going to find work. So, All right. This guy, um, I, it's a, just like Bandito, I, I expect him to find work anywhere, whether he he goes back to Mexico or goes back to New Japan. And that's Dragon Lee. Very talented guy. Yeah, just yeah. like, um, th- that's another thing. I-, I love Dragon Lee, but unless it's like a one-off where maybe like Dragon Lee and Roosh go to pair up with like Andrade and AEW or something, mm-hmm. I don't see him or Roosh being in AEW long-term. I feel like it'll probably be short-term, like with a, like a, a triple-A crossover. Whether yeah. he goes back to Mexico or he goes back to New Japan, he's going to find work regardless. Yeah, I could see him doing – I could see him, like, dipping his toes into AEW or Impact or NWA, but not signing long-term, like you said. Like, just to come in for – like, we're talking about Impact. Come in for a few of the tapings like Suzuki just did. And then, uh, you know, yeah, if they want to do an angle with Andrade, bring it in. Like, they did recently with Andrade's bringing in two friends, right? We all right. got a congratulations because we thought he was bringing in some team from Mexico, and it just ended yeah, up – Yeah, and ended up being FTR, which I right, right, just to, ended up being FTR. Right, right, right. Which it advanced the storyline, which is right, 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 right. We all thought it was just going to be like some spot fest where he's bringing in some team from Mexico, whatever. It wasn't that. But if they want to do something like that, you know, him and uh, you know Andrade and Roosh, they have that connection and Dragon Lee as well. You know, right. they could do something like that. But yeah, I don't see them signing long term. I think Mexico, New Japan, where Dragon Lee has done a lot. I think mm-hmm. that's that's a destination for him. Hey, Leo. And hey, I man. think Leo's not there. No, no, I'm here. Are I'm you here. there? I'm here. Do you have the Do you have the congratulations button over there? Oh, five, oh, one. Yep, Dalek. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to speculate anything. I'm just going to say what I got to say about Congratulations, this. you played yourself. Well, not yet, Leo, but okay. Yeah. Now, now it's kinda yeah. ru- you kind of ruined the gimmick. Um, EC3. Okay. Oh, God. I Congratulations, you played yourself. The reason I'm giving her the congratulations is like, you want to talk about nobody giving a fuck about this guy. At this Ring of Honor pay-per-view that I attended, Death Before Dishonor, when I tell you nobody gave a shit about EC3 besides Mr. Impact, the guy that that had um, always rocks like the Impact vest and all the Impact shows, besides him, nobody gave a shit about EC3. I feel like people cared about EC3 more when he first got released and showed up in Impact than when he signed the deal with Ring of Honor. I just, I'm not even speculating where he goes, like, I'm sure he'll find work, whatever, whatever he does, but I, I really could care less. Yeah, me too. I, I think he should just go back to Impact and just do work in Impact. And that's where he's the most popular. That's where people are the most into him. Um, that's where he made his career. And he'll go down as, as known for his time in Impact. Nowhere mm-hmm. else. Um, so I think, you know, he still wants to work, obviously. I know he does the free the narrative gimmick. 
Um, yep. But if he's going to sign to a company, I think Impact is Impact is the destination. But I'm with you, Mario. Ever since he got released from WWE, I don't care about him. I, I honestly, I never really cared about him as a wrestler. I'll be honest. I think he was a good promo. He was a good character. I never really cared about his in ring work. So, um, remember Flip Gordon, guys? Remember Flip? <laughs> what? There's I. You you would think like the easy way to go is like him reunite with his being the elite buddies, right? But mm-hmm. are they still like? I'm 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 not saying that there's hate there or anything, but like, like is he still relevant like in their world? Like if Flip was to even like tip his toe in AEW, like I hope not. I mean, listen, no disrespect. The guy is he's a gifted athlete. I mean, the things he could do. I mean, look, and you didn't get the name Flip Gordon for nothing. The right. things he can do is incredible, but I don't know, man. I, I, I don't see – I just don't see this guy ever being a top star. I don't think uh, it's he's worth the money. I don't know. Listen, MLW, NWO, I mean, those are the companies there that, like, could – I could see these guys going to, like, a Flip Gordon or, uh, like, a Dan Housen, like, for example. Like, I just don't, don't see how these guys ever really make it out to a big – major platform like a well, well at least with dan Housen, he's marketable so at least he gets like that yeah. kid traction so i think you could do something with that in any company right yeah. um yeah you mentioned nwa with flip gordon you know i wouldn't be surprised if he shows up there i mean that that, that would like a good kind fit. of make sense yeah yeah or even impact like i said impact impact brought in the drama king okay they brought in heath slater they brought in no way jose I'm not putting anything past Impact, man. So I, that could be a destination too. You know, again, I, as good as Impact has been lately, they make some questionable moves. <laughs> you know, that's just something. Come on, I was man! Never Come on, man! The inspiration, women's tag champs. Come oh, on. Uh, let me tell you, Mario. Okay, I, I found. I watched some clips of Ring of Honor. I mean, not Ring of Honor. Um, some of the Impact Bound for Glory matches. Okay, one of my friends ordered it on Fight Night, and I, and I he, he let me watch. Uh, he let me. I have his login, so I watched it on there. I watched a few of the matches, and one of the matches I wanted to see was the inspiration match. I don't know why. I just wanted to see, like, you know, them win the titles and, and to see how good of a match it was. They had no chemistry with the Decay ladies. They were awful. I mean, Mike, did they it was all over the place. This, all this match the was awful. Absolutely. I, I, I was embarrassed. I had to, like, turn my, turn my head. I, was like, I can't even watch this. I'm embarrassed for them. And the fact that they got the titles as, as a reward for that, ugh, terrible. Yeah, but anyways, let's let's go back to Ringham. <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let's let's actually talk about legit taxi, man. That's the Briscoes, man. I, I Leo, I I'm gonna start with you because I know you're a big fan of the Briscoes. What do you see the future of the Briscoes? I mean, right now, keep them in GCW. Right now, okay. ha- have them be you know get get their get their recognition out there. Although we know of them, the the easiest way to say go to AEW. But I think the tag team division in AEW stacked. I think that they won't be able to to make any any headway. These guys are very Delaware, if that makes any sense, like Maryland Delaware area. <laughs> uh, I don't think they'll fit very well in the WWE or AEW. Stay GCW, go do like uh, Minoru did here, doing the states. Have them do it in Mexico. Have them do it in in, in New Japan. Um, again, like you said, their chicken farm makes them money. So they don't right. need to, to go out there. You know, to add on to that, I could see the Briscoes maybe taking, like, 
would have speculated with Bandito kind of just jumping from promotion to promotion. Yeah. I know FTR's teasing some stuff with the Briscoes, a potential like them defending the the actual the AAA uh, tag team championships against the Briscoes. Yeah. And the Briscoes go on this run where they're kind of just collecting championships and all these different promotions. I think that would be a pretty good pretty good gimmick for the Briscoes. Um, you, you did say you don't see them in AEW. What I do one thing about that's dope about AEW is they could bring talent in for like one-offs or like yeah. for just for this program and that's it. I could actually, actually see the Briscoes doing that with AEW where they just show up for the program and they disappear and then they, you know, go elsewhere. I could yeah. see something like that with the Briscoes. Because uh, e- even – yeah, I'm sorry about uh, the, the, my boys. Uh, but even adding to that, right, <laughs> they, what if you have them win those championships and then they show up to AEW for that one-off with those championships? Even the casual fan that has not watched – Ring of Honor that has no idea who these guys are, who think that they're related to Gerald Briscoe, they're going to try to look, who are these guys? And when you right. start, and again, that's why it goes back to, if Tony Khan buys the video library, he's able to do more with it right. than WWE, because WWE, they'll just put it on the network and forget about it, right? But with Tony Khan, like, okay, we bought the the, the library, now these are these guys, and with a little package, kind of like what Ryan was saying before, with those packages that they give you, like you'll catch on in a second, and you know exactly why these guys are are good at what they do. Again, to me, the first time that I had seen these guys live was going back to that Hammerstein Ballroom, um, a pay per view, right where mm-hmm. we were there, and it's something about those two guys that just caught me like right away, right. you know. And again, if you see them live or you see them on AEW. By having that video library, now you're able to catch up and see exactly who they are. Go ahead, Ryan. Ben Cliff is saying Briscoes in the end. I'd like to see them in NXT. Let me tell you something. I don't want WWE to touch the Briscoes at all. No, right? Not that, at all. That's not, yeah, no. that's not <laughs> something you should wish for on anyone. They'll make them, they'll make them shave. <laughs> right. They don't fit there anymore. Maybe old NXT, black and gold NXT with Triple H running the ship. They don't fit in NXT right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what's your thoughts on the Briscoes, Ryan? Um, I don't yeah, listen, I, I would not be shocked to see AEW sign these guys. I, I really, really wouldn't. I know the tag team division is very deep right now, but I know they're, they're friends and they got to be really good friends with the Bucks. They got a lot of history yep. with them, even yep. Daniels. And, um, well, Daniels is one of the guys that he's in talent relations, stuff like that. Um, I would not be, be shocked to see them sign these guys. I really wouldn't. Also, I wouldn't be shocked if Impact signed them either. So I think AEW or Impact, honestly, I, I, I would keep them in GCW right now. So maybe yep. they, they don't. I'm not saying they sign, you know, uh, you know, right after final battle, week after final battle, boom, here they are signing with a big promotion again. But I think eventually I can see them in AEW or Impact. I really can. The the beauty about also signing with companies, pretty much every every single company besides um, WWE, the beauty about it is you could go to you could sign with like an MLW or an Impact or AEW or whatever, but still do business yeah, elsewhere, right. like with GCW. That, that's the right. beauty uh, about it. So, um, yeah, the Briscoes will have no problem finding work. Jonathan Grisham, like I said in from the beginning when we were talking about all these guys, Bandito, Jonathan Grisham, they're going to be the two hottest free agents coming out of this, the Ring of Honor roster. Jonathan Grisham's another guy. Could he go to AEW? Absolutely. Or he could just do what he's doing now because he was at the New Japan Strong tapings, okay? Mm-hmm. He, he was there. And he was put up in a pedal still as, as being one of the best wrestlers in that uh, New Japan Strong roster. So he'll have no problem finding work. I, I really don't know where he might end up, but he's not going to have pro- a problem finding work. You know, he's been, you know, doing business with GCW as well, you know, doing a couple of their shows. So 
I, I really don't with with Jonathan Gresham, I really don't know where he goes. Yeah, uh, Ben brings up a good point that you know he thinks he's just going to go to Impact because of Jordan Grace being there. Um, I could definitely see that. But also mm-hmm. at the same time, man, I think this is a guy that AEW is going to go hev- heavily for. Um, right. He's just a super insane talent. Um, yeah, he's not going to find have a problem finding work anywhere. I could definitely see him floating around. Maybe if he wants to go to New Japan, I don't even know if he wants to go to AEW or anything, or if he has an interest in going to Impact. I don't know. I think I look at Jonathan Gresham as a guy who like. Nate wants to do work with New Japan and stuff like that. Um, so maybe he, when he signs a deal there, I don't know. Um, but I think every major company, I'm talking major outside of WWE and NXT, because again, they're just not going for these type of guys anymore. AEW, Impact, New Japan, he's going to have a lot of demand. I think uh, he's going to get a lot of offers. It's honestly just where I think it's going to be up to him in the end. But um, I definitely see AEW going hard for him. All right. My guy, Jay Lethal. We know he's very, very tight with the elite as well. Yeah, I don't. I, I, Jay Lethal's kind of tricky too. Um, I, I don't want to be biased here. I, like, I, f- I feel like Jay Lethal deserves to be in AEW just to for him to get like spotlighted how he deserves. But at the same time, AEW is very oversaturated. Do we need another big player in that company? And it, I, as much as I love Jay, I don't think I don't I don't think that it's a, you know maybe not yet maybe somewhere down the line yes, but I think Jay Lethal is another guy that won't have a problem finding work whether he decides to go to New Japan. I think Jay Lethal would be dope going to New Japan or or maybe he does business with MLW or maybe an NWA. Um, maybe he goes back to Impact. Maybe he goes back to Impact and says I have unfinished business here and now it's my time. To, to reclaim what I should have gotten when I was feuding with Ric Flair back in the day. Maybe he goes back to Impact. I don't know. But as much as I would love for him to go to AEW and get the spotlight he deserves, I just don't think it's the right time. But he will have no problem finding work. Yeah, I hope he doesn't go to AEW. And again, no disrespect to him. I just feel like he, right now, like he says, similar to Bandito, he just doesn't fit there right now. And I don't want AEW to just sign him just because he's got the connection with the elite and all that stuff. I, I mean, I guess you, you can't just sign these guys now just because you're friends with them. Um, you know, their roster is completely stacked at the moment, and Jay Lethal would just be another guy there. I feel like he's he's he has more to offer in, like, Impact or NWA. But also, too, how much longer do you think this guy's going to go, um, you know, in the ring? I feel like he, he's also a valuable asset in terms of being a coach, a producer, mm-hmm. or something like that. So that's also interesting, too. That's, a, a you know, he's... He's got a future one way or another someplace, but yeah. I just, it's tricky. Like you said, I don't know what that place is, but I, I don't think, and I hope it's not AEW just cause I, I just feel like, again, he can be more beneficial to an impact uh, or, an, or an NWA. Uh, let's go with, let's go with OGK, the kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Um, listen, I think they got something to offer. I do not see them going to AEW. I see them going to like an MLW and maybe an NWA. I could see them, you know, doing business over there, but um, and then the Indies, obviously, um, NEW Northeast Wrestling, they run a lot of shows, where, which is a Northeast independent promotion out here, which I've attended shows there. They, they, they put on some great shows. You know, they announced a big show happening in January, which is the, uh, the night before uh, the GCW show at the Hammerstein Ballroom, where the Jay Lethal is going to be on the card, Alistair Black, um, Alistair Black, Malachi Black. Um, I believe the Lucha Brothers are also on the card. So, I think the kingdom are going to find work no matter where they go. But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing them like in a going to a, like somewhere like an MLW. I think that that would be a pretty good fit for them. Yeah, I think that'd be a cool fit. 
I think they're impact bound, to be honest with you. I think impact's going to make a play for them. Uh, okay. Mike and Marie, Mike and Maria yeah. going back there. I think, you know, Maria has got the connection with Gail Kim. Um, she's got mm-hmm. the connection with Chelsea green. Who's over there. Um, you know, Mike Bennett, obviously he was there for a while. I just feel like that's a, that's a good solid place for them. I, I always thought that Mike and Maria as a package together could have been way more than they have been so far. Their run and impact alone was way better than anything yeah. they did in the WWE. Yeah. As a, as a top heel team, again, mm-hmm. with Maria helping him cheat to win matches and stuff. I really think them as a package, they have something. But now, of course, I'm sure Matt Taven's going to go with them and they're going to be the tag team or whatever. I just feel like back to impact for them. Um, but, hey, you know, I know Mike Bennett's got the connection with the Bucks too. Um, so, I, I don't know, man. Like I said, I would not mind them in AEW. I just don't think that um, they're going to make a major play for them right now. For that for that WrestleFest uh, that Northeast Wrestling is putting together, yep. they, they have Malachi Black, they have PCO, and they have the Lucha Bros announced as of right now. Yeah, I only I only care about three of those acts out of the four that you mentioned. But okay, I know that's why I threw in PCO, bro. That's why I know you. Jay, Jay Lethal is also announced for that show as yeah. well. Yeah. Um. All right. This next name that I'm going to mention. Um. The reason I'm bringing her up is because she's very very young, and um. That's the current Ring of Honor Women's Champion Roxy. I see her getting picked up by WWE because she's 19 years old or whatever. She doesn't have like that indie style because she's still like she doesn't still- have a style. Right, she's learning. So I could see her getting picked up by WWE and going through that developmental uh, performance center, which I think will be good for her. Um, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see it too. Uh, she doesn't have all that much experience in wrestling so yet. So you know, there's still time for WWE to make her their own as they want to do. To mess her um, up. If it's, not, if it's not WWE, it's Impact. Um, I think, you know, especially if they if, if Impact picks up Maria Kanellis and Mike Bennett and whatever, um, you know, I think Maria is going to have heavy influence on bringing Roxy in as well as any other women who have gone through ring of honor recently with this new, uh, ring of honor women's division that they tried to create. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like she's gonna have a huge influence on that. So if it's not WWE, I see impact as the uh, destination for her, but she's super young. So oh, yeah. if I'm her, I wouldn't worry about a damn thing. She's got a bright future ahead of her. Yeah. All right, the last name I'm going to go on this list, and this is no disrespect to any of the other talent in Ring of Honor. I just wanted to touch on some of the bigger names and I guess some of the buzzier names. Um, I'm sure I, I want everyone else to find work. Um, there's no disrespect on the talent. And listen, I feel bad. I feel bad for the talent that, that this happened to them or whatever because at the end of the day, the, the, the talent that were under contract for, with Ring of Honor, they were getting a secure paycheck. And then and now after – Whatever date, whether depending on how your contract works, whether it's at the end of the year or next March or April, you're not going to have a contract anymore and you're not going to get that secured check. So I do hope everyone finds work and I'm sure they will. But this last name, let's talk about Roosh. This guy, another amazing talent. Um, he's going to have no problem finding work, whether he ends up going back to Mexico um, or he goes back to MLW. A lot of people forget that when he started making a splash in the States, it wasn't Ring of Honor. It was MLW first. And yeah. then um, right bef- before WrestleMania 35 weekend, like right before that, when you had all these different shows running, whatever, he was booked to be in an MLW show. Uh, it was him in L.A. Park. That was like one of the marquee matches yeah. for MLW. And then Ring of Honor picked him up and signed him to a deal. So I could see him going back to MLW. Um, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. MLW, New Japan, Mexico. 
you know, mm-hmm. things like that. I, I, it's it's very similar to Dragon Lee. I mm-hmm. don't see him signing with a major promotion like Impact or AEW. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to float around. He'll be out there. Maybe make yeah. an appearance for AEW. Maybe make an appearance for Impact. But, right. yeah, I think, you know, uh, going back to Mexico, going doing some New Japan stuff. Maybe New Japan strong if he wants to do it in the States. And, yeah, MLW, I think, would be a, a, a good place to go back to. That's really all I see. How uh, good is his personally. habla inglés? Um, it, it's broken English. Um, he could, he could defend himself. I'll say okay. that. Um, but, um, that, that's all I could say. <laughs> uh, cause WWE is still looking for that new Rey Mysterio. WWE is looking Rouge. for that I'll, new I'll tell you Spanish. That right now, it's not Rouge. No, it's not Rouge. Why not? I could tell you that it's not, it's not Rouge, bro. He it's his English is not as perfect. It's not like he speaks English with an accent. No, yeah, it's yeah. broken English. Ah, it's not okay. Rouge. And I don't, I don't see it being Rouge. Um, okay. I don't, I don't, you know, which is a completely different topic. Um, I don't, I don't really know who they could get to be that Spanish figure. I mean, you could probably say Bandito, but then Bandito has to change this whole style to go to WWE. Like, and you know, I don't want Bandito to go to the WWE and then just become like the the new member of Lucha House Party. Like, I don't want yeah, that right, for him. Right. He, mm-hmm. he, this guy's, he's a world champion, man. Like, he, he's that good. So. I don't want him to even touch WWE. Um, so I, I don't know who that Spanish new star could be for WWE, but that's another conversation for another day. Also, um, another thing that I want to bring up uh, too before we move on or close out, um, Ben brings up a good point. What about Ian Riccoboni, the commentator for Ring of Honor? I love his voice. I think he yes. is very, very good. He's and, very uh, he happy. Said, He's a happy guy in yeah. a good way. He, he was on all in and um, mm-hmm. he's very, very good. And he said, he's going to go radio silent for a while. He's got a young kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, he's just, he's a family man. I don't know if uh, he's going to go, you know, as a broadcast, you can even do anything in, in sports. He can do any other combat sport or, or anything else. Really. I don't mm-hmm. know if he has an interest in that or if he wants to stay in wrestling, um, but I would love to see, you know, uh, listen, <laughs> I love to see impact uh, pick him up. Impact commentary team has been shit. Okay, I mean Matt Strike, Matt Striker, and, and D'Lo, they're okay, but man, I don't think they're the answer. I don't think the the, the voice fits. You know, I think Impact needs it, a solid voice. You it, know, it, and, that would actually be so. When you mention Ian, I think Ian is a great broadcaster. I instantly thought WWE, like yo, they could do something with him. But you know what? I feel like a place like Impact could need him more because you could get you could release not from the company but can release Delo from his commentary duties and just yes. have him focus on on just whatever he, i know he has like a backstage role as an agent and I, I think he's part of the creative team so you move him back to that where he's securing that spot and then you move ian to play by play and then you move matt striker to be color because the thing yeah, with matt striker is awesome. matt striker is a very talented guy he could do both color and play by play so you move matt striker to color and then you just have ian be the voice of impact i think that would be a great move i i support it 100 i'm picturing it right now i think that'd be awesome i think you know every company who like has to have that that solid voice you know i mean AEW's commentators are tremendous um mm-hmm. new japan's obviously got kevin kelly who's the voice of that promotion wwe has michael cole um you know nxt has gone through some changes whatever but right now vic joseph he's doing a good job there um, and the impact has just been like shuffling people out like Josh Matthews didn't work. Um, you know, all these, you know, Madison Rain, I don't even start with that. 
uh Delo <laughs> tries don't get me wrong but man he just sounds like he just like doesn't really it's not that he's awful just, it just doesn't sound right it doesn't fit yeah it doesn't fit yeah. Matt Striker I've always been a fan of so that's yep. cool but I I dude I think that's a match made in heaven I really do so I and he's one of the guys Ian Riccoboni that I thought of right away to like man I hope this guy lands a, a role in wrestling as a lead commentator because I, I think he's really good I, I'm a huge fan mm. of him yeah me too man at, at the end of the day it's an end of an era, you know. Ring of Honor is going to leave back a tremendous legacy, even with you know the 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 good, the bad, the ugly. At the end of the day, they they made their stamp in, in this crazy world of professional wrestling. And while we all had different opinions, we could put the blame on Ring of Honor and Sinclair Broadcasting, um, talent issues, et cetera, et cetera. New promotions being born, also the rise of, of promotions getting traction. You know, that all played a factor, Ring of Honor's downfall. But at the end of the day, I think we could all say that we all love Ring of Honor, you know, and we love the legacy it left is leaving behind. And we can only hope for the best, whether Ring of Honor indeed just becomes an independent company and they run like a GCW in April that, you know, that uh, to be determined whether that happens or not. I'm not too optimistic about it, but we'll see what happens. Um, and then also... Let's see if Tony Khan can get this video library and does something with him. And I think if if we're gonna have, um, I guess like the history and like the legacy continue to live on, I think it belongs in the hands of Tony Khan. And that's not be, me being an AEW shill. That's me being honest because you have seventy percent of the, your talent former Ring of Honor guys. You know, both past, present, and and you know from the the last couple of days before the elite left. You know. So I think uh, Tony Khan would be the right person to own that, uh, especially if they're going to start a streaming service somewhere down in the line, whether it's the end of 2022 or, you know, whatever the future may hold. But that's it, man. Um, oh, one more thing. One more thing. One more thing uh, before I before we wrap up. I will be attending the final, final battle. I will be there live. Decided on it, yeah. Yeah, uh, shout out to my buddy Keith. He ended up getting tickets, so I will be there in attendance. Nice. Um, and it's awesome. crazy. You know what's so fucked up about this shit, too? This is the second time this happens to me, right? Because I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, right? The pay-per-view happened on Saturday. <laughs> I could, you, oh, rightfully show. Let me just go to the, uh, the uh, football game the next day. When I went to full gear two years ago, that was the plan. I was going to go to yes. full gear yeah. and then go to the Ravens game. Guess what? The Ravens weren't playing at home. This year, for, after final battle, Guess what? The Ravens ain't playing at home, so I cannot go to the game. <laughs> yeah, I remember for full gear, I was planning on going to, too. If they were home, I would have wanted to go to a game, too. And, yeah, it didn't work out. It didn't work uh, out. Sometimes it, it don't work again. out. Sometimes it does. But, uh, yeah, that's tough. But, no, that's awesome. That's cool. Um, I told you off uh, earlier this week, I probably will order the pay-per-view just to see what goes on and what goes down. Um, you know, at the end, bottom line is Ring of Honor has had a huge impact on my life as a wrestling fan. It really has. Without Ring of Honor, I don't know how many – um, great memories I would have had attending shows. Um, I would have never got introduced to so many great talents. You know, um, I just couldn't imagine being a wrestling fan and, and just not, you know, looking back at, at how great of an influence Ring of Honor was to that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I just, the memories will always be there. Like I said, the, the, the tape library, let's, let's hope it falls into the hands of Tony Khan. And um, let's see what this new era of Ring of Honor wrestling brings because one way or another, we need as many independent, as many promotions, not as independents, as many promotions as we can for people to find work in this crazy industry uh, that we all love. So um, it's like I said, it's the closing of an incredible chapter. I mean, oh my yeah. God. And like we just mentioned, um, 
but it's the start of a potential new one and we'll see where that is and where that goes. And uh, yeah, like I said, best of luck to all the talent looking for work. We just mentioned a bunch of names that we will, we think will find work. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So 2.0, yeah. baby. 2.0. And it, yeah, uh, just, 2.0. No, don't, no, don't do, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But I just felt like I need to go to this show because one, the first wrestling show I ever attended was a ring of honor show. And if this is the end, uh, I, I need to be there live and just kind of witness, it, you know, it's going to, I think it's going to be a good show, but it's also going to be a sad show. And, and I just want to be there live and experience the whole thing. So, uh, you know, uh, much respect, much love, and just thank you ring of honor. And thank you to every single talent that was part of this company um, to, from the beginning to the middle. If you just had a cup of coffee in ring of honor until pretty much the end, you know, um, you know, much respect and love to all the talent. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm almost positive that all these towns will find work elsewhere, but um, that's it guys. You know, we dedicated this whole episode to ring of honor. Who would ever thought that we would spend the whole episode talking about ring of honor, but that's pretty much what it was, man. Um, I wrote no notes for this episode. This episode was just strictly going to be dedicated to ROH. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, I mean, Hey, this nothing, like you mentioned at the top of the show, there's really nothing else to talk about. I mean, yeah. I'm getting talking about Seth Rollins, but I mean, like, really, like, what's there really to talk about other than, oh, this is a great challenger for Big E. Okay, the match was incredible. Okay, but like, what more can we talk about? Same thing with Dynamite, uh, Rampage. I actually still have to watch. I was busy, to, uh, very busy this past weekend, so I did not watch Rampage. SmackDown didn't watch SmackDown. Nothing really else going on besides Ring of Honor. So that was the only thing worth talking about this week. So I'm glad we uh, we spent a lot of time just really reminiscing on the whole history of Ring of Honor. So I think this was this was really good. Leo, any last words on Ring of Honor? Anything else you want to add on, dude? No, I think we went through everything. Uh, no, As a wrestling fan, you never want any company to close. And that's why I think we shouldn't focus on them closing, per se, because that's not what was actually said. I'm looking forward to April 1st, when the first quarter is over, to see exactly what they're going to do. To see exactly what the reimagination is, what the, unless we don't want to call it 2.0, but what the new direction of Ring of Honor is. Um, again, the new Ring of Honor. <laughs> I hope the new. I hope it's uh, it's GCW type. I hope it's it's something that that it's tangible, something that we can we can enjoy. Um, <laughs> because again, th- that's what we want. We want competition because that's what makes the people at the top. Uh, stay hungry, and the people that are coming up, be hungry. So, that's it. All right, Ryan, give me your plugs in. All right, follow at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. If you haven't been, I don't know whether you're living under a rock or not, but go follow that, as well as Royal Ramble Wrestling on Instagram, and uh, subscribe to the Wrestling Radar on YouTube. <laughs> ben Cliff is saying, Ryan of Honor. <laughs> Ryan of Honor. Yeah, hey, you want to rebrand, yo? I think we might have to um, add that as a new moniker for you. Ryan of Honor, the guy that took down Ring of Honor single-handedly. The legend killer. (laughs) The company killer. The company. He is the company killer. Ryan of Honor. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, that's what you got. My my intro's got to be, you know, straight shooter on the analysis of the LOC and the man who single-handedly killed Ring of Honor. Like, you know, Jay White's the man who (laughs) single-handedly sold out Madison Square Garden. I'm the one who single-handedly killed Ring of Honor. I, I think I'm going to add that um, to the intro, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, you're the heel that seals the deal, but I might I might take over the heel monitor <laughs> for, for killing Ring of Honor. So. <laughs> Listen, man, 
if if you if you want to take that moniker as the guy that single-handedly ruined and killed Ring of Honor, go ahead. We got it. Oh, yeah. that's too mean. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> Have yeah, no, have no fear, Nebraska. Your three o'clock feed is now open. <laughs> oh man, Leo, give me your plugs, man, bro. Losradio.com. If you don't like it, then don't go to it. There you go. <laughs> That's it, right? That's it. <laughs> That's it. Okay. That's it. That's it. All right, real quick. Uh, tonight, I will be attending this crazy spectacle that I'm going to watch. That I still can't believe it's going to happen here in Jersey. Uh, Onita Tremont in an oh. explosion. Death match. Yes, I will be there live. It's going to happen in a baseball stadium in, in, in uh, Trent, New Jersey. So I'll be there. So if you see me, as long as you're not a peckerhead, say what's up to <laughs> me. You can chat up, uh, talk about wrestling, all that good stuff. Um, and if you can't be there in live in attendance, I believe you can watch it. You can stream it on IWTV. So if you can't be there in attendance, check it out. Or, you know, just try to find it somewhere, you know, whether it's on Twitter or YouTube clips or whatever. It should be uh, quite a, a spectacle. I'm very, very interested on what the hell I'm going to be witnessing here with Onita and Tremont. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you got a look on there. So, yeah. What happened? I said I forgot about that tonight. So, yeah, that's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be something. All right. You can follow me at Rated Arsis 87. Make sure you uh, follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure to download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you're going to be fancy Apple Podcasts. Tune in on MSCLAB, LowStradio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And that is it. It kind of worked out that my son kept you guys on hold because if not, the show would have been like four hours long. <laughs> oh, so maybe you did that on purpose. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Every week now when I'm trying to get in, I'm going to be like, all right, well, I guess I'm getting locked up for a reason. That, <laughs> that gif that you sent in, uh, in our chat, bro, had me fucking rolling. <laughs> like, let me in. <laughs> I, I usually, I wait for a few seconds. I'm like, yeah, I know, like, usually, like, you know, uh, maybe, you know, no, Leo, Leo doesn't notice, you know, whatever. It takes a minute or two. But I'm just waiting here. I'm seeing the thing constantly go around. I'm like, where is Leo? I'm like, all right. <laughs> where is Leo? <laughs> and then at one point, I was in there by myself. And I'm like, I don't know, bro. I'm in here or whatever. And then I ended up getting out. And then I tell you, like, now I'm waiting. Now I'm waiting to get in. Oh, God. It's oh, all right. Cousin so- Dante. It's okay. It's okay. We want to thank everybody that was with us today. Uh, to all the people, hey, we got three listeners in Egypt. I'll take that any day. Oh yeah, that's 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 interesting. Yeah. We we have listeners everywhere, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan single handedly killed the Ring of Honor. That's the damn shame, Ryan. Single handedly took it down. We gotta get a shirt made, Ryan of Honor. Ryan of Honor. <laughs> Ryan. Oh yeah. There you go. So you're that unlucky that Baltimore doesn't play, bro. I'm sorry for you. Yeah, man. I'm sorry. They did it on purpose. Yeah, man. Second time this happens. Go ahead. All right. For the guy that single-handedly killed Ring of Honor, Ryan Radar, for the old man, Leo, yeah. I'm your truly Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep Radar. Stay this week. Yeah.